0: This is Matthew Allison, creator of Kankor on 11 O'Clock
1: Comics.
2: Somebody's been practicing.
1: Ooh. I would to do something over the weekend. Didn't do a lot of reading, so I might as well.
2: I was laser beam focused this weekend. Like there were th- things I wanted to read, and then I thought, well, how about I read this? And Like, nah, mm-mm, don't feel like reading that. And and it, not bad stuff. It's just maybe um, my my uh, attention span was tweaked. I don't know.
1: I think I, I don't. It wasn't that I didn't read anything because I made I made a good. Ch- I'm up to the Legends crossover issues of um, The Made of Steel Volume 1. So I started, I, you know, I'm, I've, I've been reading some of that. I've been reading a little bit here and there, but what I what I did do is I pulled my orders, my DCBS orders from 2020 as I finalize my Closkers. Oh, right, So, right. so I, was, if, I was on that, more or less.
2: There's, you yeah, know, what I do is I just open up the... Evernote, or in this case OneNote, because it transferred all the notes out of Evernote, and uh, I just go through those. Do you do you not have a paper trail?
1: Oh no no, I have my OneNotes of, of yeah the episode yeah. I, since since you know the Slack only goes back so far. No yeah, I have my um, I have I have all the the episodes marked in um in OneNote and and what I just what I plan on talking about.
2: And I feel like punching myself in the face because every year at the end of the Oclascars, I'm like, all right, goddammit, this coming year, shit, I'm making a note just for stuff, contenders for the 11 Oclascars, stuff I read that I'm just like, wow, this is phenomenal. It needs to be in the running for whatever category it fits. So I I plan on making a note just for that, and I never end up doing it. Or when I do end up doing it, there's like one thing on it because I don't update it. Mm. yeah because i suck
0: well i i mean the last couple of years that we've been doing the best thing i read this week I, 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 it's been helpful so like this sure. week i i pulled up on facebook just all those posts for each week of this year to see what my best thing i read this week was and yep. uh, that was a nice starting point smart smart and this is a great starting point because it's the beginning of episode
2: 718 11 o'clock comics we love you i'm vince b you do
0: love them. I'm David oh, Yeah.
2: Like so much.
0: And I'm the coolest iron grenadier. Call me Darklon.
2: Darklon the Mystic.
0: Wow, the Mystic? Yeah. No, no. Oh, Different Darklon. Then that's a mistake.
2: Right, that's sad. Jim Starlin yeah. wants to punch you right in the face. No,
0: dude. Yeah. Darklon the G.I. Joe
1: character. Yeah, see yeah, you just you're you're, you're just you keep thinking <laughs> said,
2: you know, <laughs> you're dating yourself because Darklon the Mystic was a Jim Starlin character from way before this. Yeah, I
0: know, but that's not who I am. I'm oh no we... distant cousin Darklon, who is the mystic. second in command of the Iron Grenadiers. Yeah,
2: he's the, also the mystic. Uh, on and we No, he's
0: not mystical at all. <laughs> <laughs> the he's right a one is, right? hat. No, hat <laughs> he's a helmet on like Destro. only. His helmet looks like uh kinda like Cthulhu. And he wears like l- like tiger print camo, and has a giant Gatling gun, and is Scottish, like Destro.
2: Hmm.
1: Thank you, Patience, for this it, bonus
0: episode.
2: Seriously, and he spends his weekends down at the Blue Parrot servicing the boys. But anyway. <laughs> he you're... might.
0: Dude. What, what, there's, not, not, there's anything wrong with that. Of course they not. Establish, they don't establish his sexual identity in the comic. Maybe he, maybe he is. Yeah. LGBTQ. That's Who great. Knows? Just like
2: that dude with the parrot on his shoulder,
0: right? Shipwreck? Yeah you,
2: Bro, can, you cannot contract. tell me that shipwreck is not gay
0: first of all <laughs> he's certainly not. Because he has a thing he's got he's there's a little there's a little little tryst a little triptych between him and lady J and Flint
1: <laughs> <laughs> well maybe he's just after Flint seriously nah, dude
0: nah I
2: don't know lady Jay she's fine she can pick and I didn't choose
0: understand the javelin though I didn't understand why she needed a special. Instead of trick javelins and she was a soldier but <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, we gotta move on uh
0: you are <laughs> you are My not chock full of gi oh, trivia right seriously here. i'm sorry
2: y- you're sorry. not the fakakta dark Lawn, the mystic you're <laughs> jason wood everybody oh. you know what you want to read some gi joe G. there's only one place to go that is not the Blue Parrot on the weekends. It's Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com gets you your books, get some fast, and get them at the price you want to pay. For example, from Aftershock, it's Bequest, number one, written by Tim Seeley, art by the incomparable Freddie Williams II. It's a fantasy series, cardstock cover, Four ninety nine cover price, but wait a minute before you back slowly out the door with your palms up. It's not going to cost you four ninety nine. This first issue is going to cost you two dollars and forty nine cents. That's half off. So you could try it to see if you want to stick with it. Actually, you're going to have to try the first three before you feel like you're going to stick with it. But it's going to be worth it because it's Freddy and Tim and fantasy with dragons and everything uh, from Image ultra mega by james heron number one it's a 7.99 book why well it's a 60 page debut issue uh did i read the pitch last time i believe i did but it's um you got your kaiju you got your sentai it's an amalgamation of all the great stuff out of uh japanese uh pop culture Um uh, right on your doorstep for $399. You can't beat it. That's 50% off. And last, but certainly not least, let me catch my breath again. From Seven Seas, it's the Super Sentai Himitsu Sentai Gorenger Classic Collection hardcover by Shotaro Ishinomori. Massive page count on this thing. It is the, the seed which later sprouted into the Power Rangers. That's all you need to know. It's classic stuff. It should be on the uh, the shelves of every um, kaiju and sentai aficionado. It's going to cost you $17.49. That's 30% off the $24.99 cover price. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order editions, and you get your books delivered right to your very doorstep by a very cordial person. How about that? No sexist bullshit at all this time. They'll be cordial. They'll be happy. They'll say, hey, here's your comics, my good person. Thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. How about that? I, how about them apples?
2: How about them apples, mister? Mm-hmm. How about them Great grapes? Apple. How about them what? The grapes. The grapes? Yeah.
0: What kind of grapes?
2: Ah, well, I made a special trip because this is a special day. Right? Right? It, it is. It is it's a it's a day of uh that honors the great Martin Luther King Jr. Um uh this wine has nothing to do even tangentially with Martin Luther King Jr. or <laughs> the civil rights movement but uh I just felt like it was a an excuse to go out and buy some new wine and that's what I did. This is from um it's a product of Portugal, bottled by D F J Vinhos. <laughs> wow, it's, it has an eighty-nine point wine enthusiast rating, which is not bad, right? It's called Paxis Red Blend, and it has a bulldog on the label. It says download the Bring Your Wine to Life app. I don't know what that means, but um, and it's a red blend, and it's. From 2016, and it's pretty tasty. Um, it nice. didn't didn't break the bank. It was on sale for I think ten bucks, eleven bucks. So mm-hmm. I, I tried it, and it's very good. So that's mine. Paxis, big X in gold.
0: You heard
2: it, it, David would say, "What is P A is X," because of. It's kind of, the, you know, it's an eye thing. It's, it's. Uh, don't it's, that open inside. Love no, it's, it's P, right. It's P-A and then a giant X and then is. So it looks like P-A-X is red blend. Hmm. So if you're a, a, a snakely, snooty graphic design uh person, this will probably twist your toes a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, respect though, nonetheless. In spite of the typography,
2: eighty-nine percent. Right? It's not that bad. I mean, you'd
0: eighty-nine. You mean a score of eighty-nine?
2: Yeah. It's pretty bad. See, you you you're looking down your nose at it.
0: No, I'm saying like anything. I mean, like you kind of get a ninety for showing up. It's like getting a B in college. Like you just you kind
2: of like start with the B. Well, they did get a ninety, but someone took one off because of the typography.
0: Got it. Okay. Well, then I stand corrected. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not. How, anyway. No, it
2: is. That's
0: it, how. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> right, you do you. Um, I don't have anything better to offer because I'm drinking a wine that's not not floating in my boat too much here. But uh, so you win some, you lose some. Uh, the wifey opened up a bottle for dinner of this here Cross Springs Cabernet Sauvignon. It's from uh, the Cross Springs Vineyard in Cali. Um, it it our I got to take issue with our our uh, our wine store because they advertise this as is a great value if you like dry cabs, and y'all know I like me some dry cab, and I don't think this is dry at all. Like on a scale of one to ten, this is like a five. Like it's like kind of fruity a little bit. Like I I don't know I don't know. So I mean it's not undrinkable because otherwise I just dump it and get something else, but. It's uh, it's definitely not something I'm I'm flying the flag of and telling you all you fine folks listening to go out and get some.
1: Wow, this is th- this is where the the second bite, the second the second round tasting comes into play because this could have just been it could have been a bad batch, it could have been an off that totally, I, yeah, it, totally. so yeah, so yeah, okay. Um, as soon as I knew Vince was gonna have have some wine. I figured I'd grab a bottle. Um and and my um my go-to lately has been this um Ruben and Flora uh Cabernet and uh Combinaire blend. And tonight I decided to from 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 the same vineyard. So wine of Chile, I decided to just go with their um Viejo Feo, which is straight up 100% Carmen air and it is um, it it's not. It it's yeah, I mean it's it's definitely kind of in that 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 cab category. If you like cab, I think you'd like this. It there's it 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 maybe is maybe a little drier than 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 a cab, but it is still really really good. This is becoming um, I'm I'm really liking. I I tend to walk into the liquor store and I make a beeline right for this section on the shelf and um and go for uh, pretty much anything that um the uh this vineyard has on um has on display. So um yeah, viejo fejo Carmenere, and it is uh it is really tasty.
2: Good to know. Good to know. Now going into this, uh Jason teased something. I'm the slack today. Yeah, I got I got something going on for this episode. And we were like, "Well, what's the deal?" He's like, "No, no, no. We'll get into it." So, what it is? What's the thing?
0: No, it wasn't. It, I uh, well, first of all, the, just so we don't bury <laughs> the lead, the reason that I I said what I said was as a byproduct of what I was doing a little bit this weekend, which was uh, the Eleven O'clockers episode is being recorded this Thursday the three of us and our special fourth chair guest and obviously, before we can do that, I need to take all of the wonderful e o votes that uh, have been cast on the ballots and you know clean them, scrub them, tally them, and then create the the final uh list for for us. And in doing that, then of course it prompts you and 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 the three of us to have to fill in our answers, which we're all still working on. But as I was going through that process, um, inevitably, whenever I do that, like I'm, I'm, it 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 makes me think on the year, the year that was, you know. Um, and then I was thinking about how, because of the format of the Oscars, and that it is a long episode because we have a lot of categories and we have our choices plus the top 3 choices of of the listenership and you know the episode takes a long while there's not a lot of room for for ad hoc or uh, or going on tangents which we're we'll want to do in a normal episode and it just got me thinking as I was working on it this weekend about uh, what what a strange year 2020 was on many many levels including i think the comics that that, that we read and that our and that our listenership read now uh, those that have been around for a long time know that there's often a lot of overlap between the things that we love and give love to and the things that show up uh, on the Oklaskers not just for ourselves, but but are often among the top uh, vote getters by the listeners. Right. Which is very flattering. And, and, and I'm not, you know, not surprised. It would make sense that people that would continue to listen to the show would, would at least find some value in our recommendations, and there's also a network effect of them turning us on to stuff, and then we might talk about it. So it's it, it, that's not an illogical thing to happen. And as I said to you guys today, when I posted the results, I was um, taken aback by what I think to be a very, very different year in two ways. One, um, as, as people will hear later this week, the number of vote getters the number of nominees um candidates if you will in each category was off the charts there were so many um creators and comics that got you know votes this year well and above our normal range like a lot of categories in a given year there may be some diversity, but then there are like some core categories where there were just hot books or hot creators, and so they'll win going away. And then maybe there's twenty, twenty-five um, total answers where where you know people people or books maybe got one vote or two votes each at the bottom. But this time, I mean, as you guys will see, like some categories had over sixty different answers. It was crazy. And and then with that, the second part of this, which is kind of getting what I was alluding to, is that. I think – I mean, I haven't seen your answers yet. Um, You haven't seen mine. But I'm guessing based on what we talked about this year, what I know that we really grooved on, I think this year is going to be the most different in terms of what we choose and what the listenership shows. I think there's going to be not a ton of overlap. And it got me thinking, like, why is that? Well, I think part of it is that we had COVID. And with COVID, we had, what, two and a half, three months essentially of no new comics give or take. I mean, a few here or there, but for the most part, and then a good chunk of the rest of the year, we got much less output than we otherwise would have. So this was not a normal year for, for 2020 for, for, for output. So I think a lot of people our our listeners and ourselves included read a lot of stuff on their own or stuff that they had on their shelves or stuff that came out in years prior. And a lot of that isn't going to show up in a best of 2020 or favorites of 2020 uh, voting. Right. And, um, yeah, so, so I just was kind of taken aback by what, what a strange year it's shaping up, it shaped up to be uh, in terms of the way the normal demographics of, of our Okloskers uh, look. And then that got me thinking about, like, what we don't ever get to do, which is kind of debrief on the year. Like, yes, the Okloskers is us giving answers to our favorite categories. But, but with that, it doesn't really often tell the story, right? Like, like again, just, I don't want to put words in your guys' mouth, but for me... There may be a year where I'm reading just a ton of graphic novels, and we have basically one category for graphic novels. Uh, so while I may mention my favorite, in if, if point of fact, like six of my ten favorite things that year may have been original graphic novels. Or we've had years where we were just all about Marvel or all about DC, and you know maybe we have one or two categories for superhero books or – favorite overall comic or favorite ongoing comic, but we may have had 10 books that we just love that we had trouble fitting into that one category. And so it just got me thinking like, and, and, and I'm putting you guys on the spot cause I didn't, I didn't prep you for this, but, but when you think on the year, are there any things about the year as a comics fan that just resonate with you? Like the year of, right? That wouldn't necessarily show up in your categories. And, 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 to give you a moment to think on it, I'll 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 give you a couple that 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 just came to my mind this year, that wouldn't necessarily show up in the voting because of the way we have this voting structured. So, um, first thing I thought of as I was looking through our our lists and the stuff we read and talked about was that this was for the second year in a row a year that Nobrow got a ton of love from all of us. Um, they were my publisher of the year in in 2019. Um. I'll I'll leave it to find out if they were my publisher there this year. But nevertheless, we we spent a lot of time talking about their books, uh, Gamma, and Tales, Stig and Tilde, Americana. Um, we would have talked about a bunch more, but they, like many small press publishers, significantly delayed and pushed back their publishing schedule. So I think next year should be a really banner year for them. Um, other things I think about this year, like this was the year that I fell in love with Victor Santos's work. Right? Like I can't believe that I really was pretty much unfamiliar with him, not unfamiliar, but I wasn't someone who considered myself a fan of his until April of this year. In April, during COVID, I read all of his polar graphic novels, which I'd already owned. And that just set this cascade off where it was a running joke now. I mean I think between between everyone in our in our crew, we probably commissioned, no exaggeration, a hundred or more commissions from him this year. Um And so that's, like, when I think on this year, I think, like, this is the year that I read everything I could of Victor Santos. This was also a year where I um, fell in love with Michael DeForge, someone who Vince has known forever and been a fan of, right? I I started the year by reading Ant Colony, um, and then I read a bunch of his other back catalog, and we all, um, well, I think Vince, you and I, read Leaving Richards Valley, his book that came out this year. Yep. Um, I I also have to thank Mark Laming for... Turning me on to um, Jordi Lefebvre, who, again, is someone that's well-known in some circles. And, and the reason I, I I took note of him is because Laming, who's an incredible cartoonist in his own right, said, in his mind, Lefebvre is the greatest living comic book artist. And that was such high praise that I immediately jumped into his catalog, and I read Vice Squad and Gloria Summers and Liddy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those are the kind of things, like, when I think on the year – Those are like I think that's what defines the year for me are those things. And then the other the other one, the other two things were that I I read all of Morrison's Doom Patrol finally and just thought that was fantastic. And then last, which is not not to end on a down note, but the other thing that I'm going to take away from this year was that um, there were follow up books by some of my favorite creators who I thought were good, but. For me, came nowhere close to living up to their prior peak best works. So, and that ran the out from like Tilly Walden to Adrian Tomine to Matt Kent to Gene Yang. Love them, and I and I talked about and liked all of their twenty twenty efforts, but not in any way to the level that I love some of their other works. So that's kind of like when I think about the year, that's what I think about. So, again, I don't put you guys on the spot because I didn't really tell you guys to do that, but I was curious if you had any anything when you reflect on it, maybe while you've been doing your, your balloting or just been looking back at what you read, like what you think of this year, maybe it was, you know, like for Vince, like I, it seemed like you fell back in love with DC this year to me. Like, that seems like something that I would.
2: Yeah. I think DC had a great year. Um, The, the big takeaway for me in 2020 was that I don't need to order my books every month Mm -hmm. because of that gap that that two or three month gap whatever it was i didn't really miss the singles that that didn't come out i mean yeah we were still ordering and we were doing you know graphic novels and stuff but i think um a lot of the uh, my consumption of mm. of comics i don't want to say unnecessary but a lot of it is due to inertia
1: because mm-hmm. because
2: we've been ordering these things forever and, um, do we really need as much as we buy every month? Um, do we want them? Sure. Do we need them? Probably not. Right? Because, uh, as Jason is, is so, uh, fond of saying, we have more than enough to last us for the rest of our lives. Should yeah. we stop buying tomorrow? And, and the, um, but it's, I'm a, being a bit hypocritical because I jumped in on almost everything, future state. Uh, And I think the reason – it couldn't have been better timed by DC because the reason why I I lost the taste for the same old, same old coming out of the big Mm -hmm. two. But this was not, uh, at least on the surface, this was not that. This was a special two-month thing. Hit it. Quit it. We're going to feature all of the characters you love. Some of them you don't even know you love yet, but you will probably. And then we're done, apparently – and so when when it's a self-contained thing, I'm way more likely to buy into it, whether it's uh, X of Swords. Like, X of Swords had a big old stop sign right on it for me. There's no way I'm getting involved in a 22-issue thing, right? But, I, again, I just ordered 50-some DC issues. So, uh, you know on the on the flip side it, it's all in the translation i guess uh where uh jason is absolutely correct it did rekindle not only the future state but i think the black label for this year was had a phenomenal output like straight across the board and the hill house things and and I, you know i'm not this is not foreshadowing i hope but uh i just think that um in the the top-level publishing arena, Marvel, DC, Dark Horse Image. you got to give props to DC for this year because I, I think they had a, a really wonderful, uh, robustly creative year. Uh, it, it was not uh, a homogenetic thing. There wasn't the same old thing right across the board. They had this awesome uh, Hill House imprint. Then they did s- something really different with Black Label. Uh, not all of it a success. Ninety percent of it, I just thought they had a wonderful year, and so it sparked my interest, which culminated in a Future State. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to lie, but for me, the again for 2020, I realized that it's more than okay for me not to be current on things. I can go back and read uh, classic newspaper strips, which is why I find Comics Review so um, worthwhile. And fulfilling, right? All these old things are still out there. You can go back and catch up on the shit that you weren't even, that were around before you were even born. So it just, it, it, it added a level of temperance to, to what I normally do. Like I don't have to have everything and I don't have to scour the previews with a fine tooth comb because I, a lot of it is, is superficial. It's redundant. We're just buying it because we, there's a habit. Like you go into, into, a, ordering from previews, and you say, oh, my my order last month was, you know, $150. we will see how this one... And, you know, when you you try and and stay around the same level, because that's what you're used to. That's your budget. Do you you really need to order $150, $200 worth of comics a month? I hope I don't sound like a gloomy Gus. But but it it just showed me, long story short, what was worth my time and attention, and what wasn't. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. That's it. Sure. Uh, long-winded way of saying
0: that. <laughs> yeah. No. That that's totally reasonable.
1: King. Um, I I realized I really um, became a lot more. Um, well, I was introduced to Spiro this year, and and I have to thank Euro Comics for that, and and that led me down a whole rabbit hole of other offerings that they have, and. Um, thankfully being added to their to their review their 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 accomplice um i consumed way more um in a pdf version but but way more of of their their books than i have ever and uh and that led me to purchasing some and uh i'm my my eyes seem to have been i don't want to say my eyes were open this year but but for the most part yeah they they kind of were i was um you know things i have around my office that you know i just like, like vinces you know we just order and yeah we do and you know thankfully i'm at a point where the things i'm ordering i'm still reading yeah you know i i look on my pull list for dcbs it's blade runner it's the superman stuff from bendis it's 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 black panther and that that thankfully that's finally coming back so there are some things that are on my pull list because i want to get it. anything black hammer things like that but there are times where they'll still just pile up i know we talked about uh you know miles morales and miss marvel uh, a couple weeks back a couple months back and you know yeah those have been piling up and it's gonna suck if i get around when i get around to finally reading them that i find out you know i really didn't need to buy these all these months but i i i'm I'm confident that you know i'm going to find something in it that i'll like so i'll I'll be happy that you know i'll i keep reading and if i'm not thrilled with it nothing's stopping me from giving it away so um I never see anything as as an opportunity wasted or 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 you know it sucks for me. I'm going to try to at least make lemonade out of it. So um I think this year I just finally looked around and and, and on top of the the lockdown and um and and waiting for the comeback I was also behind a bit because um I had used a for whatever reason. It thanks to cookies. Um, the credit card I had in the browser on my iPad was different than the one I had on the browser on the on the the MacBook. So I was placing orders with DCBS on the iPad, and everything was going through until it was time to charge me. So there were a couple of months where I ended up having to make, I, I had to give them a, a, a non-expired credit card. And, and I mean, everything worked out. Everything's great, but there were, I, it was even when there were other things I should have been, I should have been expecting a shipment. I still wasn't because they were waiting for payment and as they should. And I was in that case, if you want to say it was stuck, I was stuck with, with, even though we had a lockdown, I'm still going through things that, I have sitting around that I hadn't gotten around to reading yet. So it did give me an opportunity to catch up on things that, uh, that I just let pile up because we're either reading something for the show or something else is, 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 you know, more top of mind. But I was thankful that, um, I was able to spend so much time catching up on things. And yeah, and I, and, and as I, as I mentioned, going through my orders this year, uh, to, to prep for the Ocloskers, um, I'm still finding things that you know I haven't read that yet. I still haven't read that. That thing hasn't even been on rap. And you know, and 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 it's it. That's silly. And it's nice to have. You know, we talk about things, and and it's it's, I you know, well, you guys will mention something during the night, and I'll either add it to the wish list or I'll just go ahead and order it. And you know, then, then it gets here and it sits here, or or I just you know, you guys just got them talking about it, so there's no real rush for me to read it yet. Well, then mm-hmm. when am I going to get around to reading it? And yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I could have right. waited even longer then. Right. So Vince
0: it's... is the best of the three of us at that. Like, like we could we, d- you and I, Dap could spend two and a half hours talking about a book. And Vince, if if he reads it three months later, he and he loves it, he will bring it to the show. He does not care. Oh, I don't. And I, know. that's a good thing. No, that's, that's a good absolutely, thing. Absolutely, sure, no, sure. I'm not saying yeah. it's a bad thing, but I'm saying like I think Dap and I are much more reticent. Or, or mindful of like, oh, we already discussed that. Like, you know, or, oh, well, how, or, Yeah, how
2: many times have you hit me with the, dude, we just talked about this. And I'd be like, I, I know, don't give a I shit.
0: Know. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: But the thing that, um, the takeaway for, for me, and uh, I totally understand what Dap is saying about the having things wrapped and, and wondering, you know, why didn't I get to read these? If that is the case, you're ordering too much.
0: Oh, absolutely,
2: and I, that's how I feel. If if, if I look I mean,
0: up, I mean, I understand that mindset. I look, I do look at it differently, just in the sense that so many things um, are are just buy it or, or or don't or don't you don't get it. Meaning, like a lot of things don't stay in print. Uh, a lot, a lot of things yeah. aren't easily gotten at, it, especially at a discount, right? So, like for me, it's more about do I think I'm very likely to read it. Or want to read it at some point, you know. Right. And if it's a nice presentation, then I justify the purchase. But but there's no doubt there, there's there's no doubt that 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 is not all things that are purchased. And and I think to your guys' point, like the thing I've really and I'm, I'm I've failed at it miserably. I I don't understand why I continue to buy as many superhero single issues as I do because I'm woefully behind almost every one of them. And and regardless of whether I end up enjoying them or not, I also am a subscriber to Marvel Unlimited and the soon to be relaunched DC uh, Unlimited. So I I will have unless I want to be fresh off the press on Wednesday current. I'm going to be able to get and read these anyway on the apps I'm paying. Exactly. So like that 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 and and I got much better that this year in part because we didn't have a choice, right? Because we didn't get comics for a few months and that helped me kind of go cold Turkey on that. But it's still certainly not something I'd say I'm like completely cured of. And it's silly. Cause like to your point, like the only things when I was looking around my piles and my lists and stuff for what I wanted to vote on and, and pay homage to this year, the only things I felt were wasteful were these stacks of single issues, because in a lot of cases I read them on my iPad already. You know, right. or, or, and I like, I so I didn't even need the paper issue. And it's not like these things are going to have some kind of collectors or resale value where I need to have them in a long yeah. box
1: So, yeah. yeah. The, the only time I would, I'm like, because again, and I've, I've no problem saying sign to to, to, to long running series, you know, like, like the Fantastic Four or, or, or the old Uncanny. Like, if, if I'm done with something, I can walk away i'll come back to it the issues aren't going away i can get them again later blah 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 but in this day and age when everybody's got their perfect 12 issue arc to tell if i'm already six seven eight issues in i might as well just write it out and and hopefully you know they'll stick the landing um i mean granted if it's the second or third issue and i'm not feeling it then no i have no problem with that but um but you know the, the Donny Cates and his and his Guardians of the Galaxy, those first six issues were slamming, and and it, it it ended well enough, but had that was that if that was going to be longer than twelve issues, I probably would have tapped out, and and but knowing that you know it was done in twelve. Okay, that's cool. Granted, now Donnie's a special case because pretty much everything he's done for Marvel has been reprinted in various omnibus since Absolutely. he started. And I don't know how many different ways you can get a Cosmic Ghostwriter story or a Thanos story, but <laughs> Marvel's going to make sure you get it in something. So, yeah. um, there there are moments where uh, I'll just uh, it. Uh, most things are, are are limited series these days, so I'll just I'll I'll stick with it. And if you know, when it when it's done that way, when the story concludes then I can get rid of it in bulk and or or at least that that chunk, that that story, that arc, whatever. But uh you also have books that are very easy for me to walk away from because they're gonna do it on their own. Deathstroke ended with fifty, Batman Beyond ended with fifty, Family Tree is ending with twelve. And I don't know <laughs> if, if Jeff and Phil had, had or had planned it for twelve issues. I, I don't think Phil implied that when he was on last year, but it was um you know, I do know that in in Jeff's newsletter is the family is ending at 12? He's got other things in the fire. So, you know, he's, 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 he's not going to be hurting for work, but um, there are instances where the publisher is going to let me stop getting their single issues because they're canceled or the story ends. And then I can divert that money into something else. Cause I was, I'm, I'm on the fence, even though it's Riley, I love Riley. I'm still on the fence with the Harley book, but um, you know, Now that other books I was getting are no longer around, I can spend the the, the two or three and change on that. We'll we'll see. But again, is that just going to be a single issue that's going to pile up month after month until I get around to reading it? I I don't know yet.
2: Right. Uh, For those of you who are interested in the post-Future State DC books and our DCBS customers that use the pull list function, take note. I added both Harley Quinn, number one, and Swamp Thing, number one, to my pull list. They didn't show up. Neither did Superman Red and Blue. Didn't show up on my pull list. Um, And I tried it multiple times. Every iteration did not show up on my pull list. So I don't know if it's a... I mean, yes, it's it's a, a reason to contact DCBS. But if you're trying to add things from DC to your pull list check it and make sure that they're there cuz it did not work for me. Ooh, yeah. Okay. I don't know why. It was um a little more than irritating. So um but I didn't send them a message. Uh me being me, I just took the issues off my order and ordered something else. Cuz I'll just get them in, in trade. Uh it, contacting them is just too much work for me. I know it's an email, hey, what's up with the the pull list function, but fuck it. I'll just get them in collected edition. That's just how I work. It it it's like it's a sign for me not to get the single issues. That's weird. I know, but that's just how I I work. Um hey man, whatever whatever it takes. Yeah, I'm going to buy them either way, you know? Right. So uh yeah. I can't not uh get a Riley Rossmo drawn book. Um
0: and yeah, I I can't get a I I can't I can't avoid a Riley m- Harley book. That's an impossibility for me.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, cool. I, I've also got some uh, some 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 twenty twenty fun stats, but we can inter intermix them among some comic talk.
2: Oh, nice, nice. So, what do you want to talk about?
0: I mean, you've been curious what these images I sent you were about. I have been. Well, those images that I sent you to be put into our gallery this week are from a brand spanking new book from Fantagraphics. Written and drawn. Well, just really drawn. I don't know. There's so much, not so much writing in, involved. Uh, by Matt Fury, which got Vince all excited. Hell yeah. And it's called Mind Viscosity. Pardon me. My dogs are barking. at something I, I don't know what they're barking at. But, nice. Um, Mind Viscosity is it is a treasure. It is a book that uh, you have to have, Vince. In fact, I would send you my copy if you're telling me that you wouldn't. If you weren't going to buy it yourself, that's how much I want you to have it. Um, but, um, I was not that familiar with Matt Fury. Uh, I'm, I think you've been familiar with him for a long time. Um, I know he did a zine back in the day called Boy's Life. He's done a bunch of other stuff subsequent to that. Uh, sadly for him, he's, he's, his, his most well-known <laughs> claim to fame is Pepe the Frog. Yes. Which is really, I, I, I honestly I didn't know he, he was the creator of Pepe the Frog when I ordered my viscosity. And then in researching him after reading it, I, I was saddened to learn of, of the whole ordeal. I, yeah. For those that don't know what we're talking about, Pepe the Frog, and, and I'm showing my age here. I mean, my kids are probably laughing at me. for. I, Pepe the Frog is an uber-popular meme, um, like an insanely popular meme.
1: It's appropriated, but yeah, it's popular no, now. that's I mean, what I mean. Well, it, before,
0: that's it's... what I'm getting at. It, it was a very popular meme and then got exponentially more popular because it was appropriated by the alt-right. And it's basically a stoner frog. Originally, it was a stoner frog, and, and with a with with a drawing that Matt Fury did in his book Boys Club, and it said uh, "Feels good, man." And that got started being used all over the place with different Photoshop and, and different word balloons, and uh, unfortunately, got um, appropriated by all measure of of hate groups, and um, I guess now appears regularly all over the place in. All those nasty places that, uh, you know, were the kinds of places that we all abhor. But anyway, um, I also then found out that he's he's so not like that. And he's so appalled by the whole thing. that He's been working for years uh, on trying to to clean that up and has sued them all. He's actually got he's won lawsuits against people like Alex Jones, like for real money. Um, He partnered up with the Anti-Defamation League. In 2016, to work on this stuff, and the ADL actually includes Pepe the Frog in their hate symbology database, but they also make it very clear that that it it also has been used and is intended for use in 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 non offensive ways. But but nevertheless, you know, so it's like it's a bummer, man, because the dude's like a real chill dude, and he's like totally anti that. So it's really, really sadly, bitterly um, ironic. Um, but all that said, um, that's not really all to 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 mind viscosity, except to say that um, it's it's by the same guy. And and what Mind viscosity is 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 basically it's a square. Uh, I I think that's probably twelve by twelve. As I'm holding it in my hand, I don't have the exact measurements. But one thing about the packaging, which is just awesome, is it's uh poofy. It's it's it's. I don't even know Vince. You may know the t- like. I don't even know what you would call it, but it's like the. The front and back covers are, are poofy, almost like um, probably like a like children's a book. Um,
2: yeah, kinda. Um, there's a, there's a cardboard inside the wrap, like there, it's cardboard, but it's wrapped in a, a plastic-like cover material.
0: Right, right. It's yeah. it's, it's, it's like a children's the, book. It's evocative of a children's book, yeah, like yeah. a young children's book. Yeah. And then uh, it's the 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 cover is a bunch of his characters, and he's got these very, they look like crazy big eyed Muppet characters, really Sesame street characters. And then it says mind viscosity and Matt fury in beautifully bright silver raised lettering. And then inside is essentially a collection of illustrations and they range from, uh, like pinup spot illustrations on a page to full on, um, sequential comic store you know, panels that, that don't have words and there's no words in the book. Um, but he is in many ways it's 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 satirical and he's a child of the eighties, so it's it's very, very crazy drawings, like some are political, some are just silly, some are scary, um some are just nonsensical, uh black and white, many most are are extremely heavily colored. He's got some characters you see over and over again, like cheeseburger head guy. Or there's a dude with like a mop head and a human body, but then like really hairy nipples and belly button. He's he he's in there a lot. You've got um, like a, a, a an Ardfark woman with these real floopy titties that are always walking around. Like there, there's these certain characters that do appear quite often, but then there's all these other creatures and characters, and it's just um, it's just like a a vision of his id. You know, there's there's not much to it in terms of narrative. It's it's just his his artistic expression um, for 150 or so pages, you know? Um, and John Lee of, of PFFR does the, the forward. And he's like, you know, which creature are you? Are you burger dude, bad boy, leotard bird girl, Mr. Toxic long neck, wolf skull, anteater chola, lizard kid, you know, and, and that's, it's, it's just essentially a look into this dude's psyche um, with these extremely interesting sometimes disturbing sometimes not um visuals you know there's there's like n- sexy pinup girls that have muppet faces so which makes yeah. it really disturbing um it's just a wild it's a wild visual journey um with with it's one of those books you look at each page and you just you kind of find yourself smiling and i don't think you're meant to be too deep here i think you know there are some where it's quite obvious he's trying to to, to Make a point, but for the most part, it's just stuff I think that he finds entertaining. Like there's a, a page where it's a, a, a beautiful uh, dark-skinned woman with a porcine face, and she's holding a naked porcine baby, and then in the background is a really crazy-looking Ronald McDonald with with chainsaw hands. You know, I mean, and that's like that's it. Like it, that's the image. What um, more
2: do you actually need?
0: That's the thing, right? right? It's like yeah, there, there's 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 one of uh, probably would be one of Vince's favorites. It's a very muscular uh, rooster man, like an anthropomorphic rooster with, with like a twelve pack, and he's chained to a, a, a dungeon stone wall, and then then he's he and he's naked, and then there's a metal chain around his waist, and 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 uh, basically a a, pe- a penis pump covering his cock, and a long hose that, that is being held by a terminator. And then a creature who looks kind of like a bunch of soap bubbles. And they're both s- smiling watching him as they're essentially torturing him in some way with this penis pump. Nice. It's, it's just crazy imagery like that. And 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 some of it is just innocent. Some of it is, 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 is I think, meant to gross you out. Um, and it just is one of those books where, hard to categorize, but man, oh, man, was it an absolute treat to page through each page. And I probably sat there for like an hour the other day uh in in our living room just just going through each page with a big smile on my face um it, it's you know what it reminded me of vince and, and you know the guy so you know what i'm talking about I, I was as i was looking at all of these these images i thought man if this guy turned these into vinyl vince would be like first in line to to buy them
2: oh shit yeah i think they're you know i don't quote me but i think matt has some characters translated to vinyl
0: okay yeah it doesn't surprise me yeah surprise
2: but that's the thing i think he's a he's as good a designer as he is an illustrator he may be a little bit better of a designer than he is an mm-hmm. illustrator because it just seems like the characters just spew forth from him uh an yeah. unending tort of just these these very diverse and and to me anyway uh, compelling characters i had a um i have a video game that was included in i think it may have been giant robot magazine or uh one of the art magazines back in the day and matt fury designed all the characters okay and, and it's a side scrolling shooter um where just matt where his characters just blow the hell out of other uh characters and it it, it it's a, it's i still play it occasionally uh i don't know if it runs on the current os um x but i know on my old mac it'll run and I, it's one of those things where i just never I it's impossible to beat and i love it not because it's impossible to beat but because it's very challenging but it's it's uh, you know fury's uh, a giant hand character with a mouth in the palm or it'll be a, a skeletal zombie like thing where other characters branch off from it and it's everything that's in this mind viscosity along the same lines um, and to answer your question no I didn't order this because it um probably was uh costly enough to push me beyond my self-imposed budget mm-hmm. Yeah it's, um, a,
0: it's a $40 card cover um, yeah. cover price so I'm sure it was I think DCBS is usually what 30 35% off for Fanta Yeah so you're so still paying 28 24 bucks 24 bucks yeah 25 bucks yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, by all means, but but if you find this, if it's up your alley, I I, I can't recommend it enough. It's just it's it's really thought provoking, and um, it, I know nostalgia, especially for things of the eighties, are general is very in vogue now in lots of ways. It, it, this is of that, but it's the of that in the most fucked up like mindfuck way, right? It's this is not, you know, this isn't Stranger Things, but it's it's, but it it. The kinds of dark recesses of his mind that have led him to create these images are those th- those things. The right. same kinds of things that turned us on when we were coming up. So. Yes.
2: Speaking yeah. of damaged brains, We Done has a fantagraphics O Rama. Oh, sure. Yeah, we do. Because uh, I read from my man, Mr. Simon Hanselman. Oh, sure. Meg and Mog in Amsterdam and other stories. Do tell. It's, um, more of the same, uh, self-loathing, crushing depression, anxiety, massive amounts of drugs and alcohol and, and, and pot. Um, what makes this stand out, uh, among the Simon Hanselman catalog? Uh, pretty much nothing. If, if you are a fan of his work, again, this is more of the stuff that, that cures what ails you. If you're not a fan of his work, this is not going to convince you um to to dive any deeper into his uh au revoir so to speak. But I do worship at the um nylon altar of uh, Mr. Hanselman, so I ate this up to like crazy. Uh, what is it about? Well, the gang's all here. Meg and her uh Semi-significant other, Mog, the the cat. Uh, Werewolf Jones and Sons are in here. Owl, Booger. I mean, it, it, everybody's represented. But it, again, it, in typical Hanselman uh, fashion, it is a series of short stories with the same uh, cast that he's been exploiting book after book after book. And it works. Um, some of the stories? Uh, let's see. There, there's one early in the book where Owl, as usual, is pissed at the state of the apartment. You know, everybody's zonked out of their gourd and there's garbage everywhere and bottles and and human excrement. Uh, and uh, Werewolf Jones is, is, is crashing at the place with his two sons. Um, and he's making these felt hats <laughs> to, that he wants to sell on Etsy. Right? And he has his you know, like he has his sons with him, Diesel and Jackson. Um as usual the kids are a sugar drenched mess and WWJ is, is more than willing to let his kids take hits off the bong. <laughs> uh now they're preteen, right, or or tween and uh owls like the fuck are you doing these are children he's like oh it's fine it's, it's 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 okay you know they can handle their shit um and and diesel the one panel is amazing because jackson's taking a hit off the bong and he's he's got tears streaming down his face he's like fuck <laughs> right? and it's a it's a child right uh but um diesel wigs out and he throws an ashtray at owl and shatters Owl's beak, completely shatters it. It's disturbing. And so Owl lands in the hospital, and he needs reconstructive surgery. Um, and he's all bandaged up, and they go to see him, and and, and he's less than forgiving. He calls the kids repulsive. And uh, Werewolf Jones is like, fucking prick, he's a dick. Why would he say that, right? <laughs> so Long story short, Owl gets his reconstructive surgery. Uh, he gets a new beak. And it's a toucan. <laughs> it's a toucan beak. Um, so he, he gets discharged. And not long after arriving home from the hospital, Diesel flings a beer bottle and destroys Owl's new beak. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so um, there's a story that would probably put David off Simon Hanselman forever and ever. They go camping. They, I'm sorry. The gang goes camping and uh uh, the, the 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 end point to all of their excursions is to get fucked up that's what these characters do they they consume massive quantities of drugs and alcohol it's they're trying to they use it as a way to to push the world away especially meg i mean meg is the central character and and she's she has um extreme depression she's on massive amounts of of antidepressants and and she's she's very uh she descends into this black pit of of her her personality and very few things can push her out of it um so they medicate they self-medicate in order to make the world go away um so they're on this camping trip um and owls opening up the tent he's like you motherfuckers somebody put this tent away wet there's mold in it. We can't use this tent. And they're just like, I don't know, I don't know who did it. It wasn't me. And no one wants to take responsibility, which pisses Owl off to to no end because he's he's like I said, if you've listened to me talk about Simon Hanselman, Owl is the only one that actually has a job. The uh werewolf Jones will find ways to make money, but not in any official capacity, not in a 9 to 5. Uh respect Owl is that guy. He, has, he wears a tie, which is a very glaring sign into his personality. He's the le- semi-legit dude. Uh, so he he unfolds the tent. There's mold. So they can't sleep within the tent. So WWJ says, doesn't matter, dude. I brought enough drugs where we're not going to do much sleeping. And he gives uh, this joint to Owl, which has ketamine in it and and something else. And uh, you know he's got a special name for it. And Al smokes it and goes out into the woods, and it gets dark. And and he's out into he's out there and he's seeing things. And he's uh, uh, on in one moment he's fascinated by the you know this this neon glowing moonlit uh, splendor of nature, and then he quickly turns paranoid and gets very very scared when he thinks he sees uh something coming up to him in the dark and he's kicking and he's kicking 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 he's like get away get away get away and and he wakes and he falls and hits his head and so he 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 falls into this long slumber and he wakes up and he finds the gang and they're like where the fuck were you and he's like oh man i was i was, I was out in the woods and he's like oh you know what what we did um, I think it was Mog said, you know, what we did in the middle of the night was we we raided other people's camps and we got some food and yeah we were talking to people. And it turns out our neighbors over here, they're they're, they're all broken up because, you know, in the middle of the night, their their dog went missing and we haven't been able to find the dog. Did you see any, any, any dog while you're out? And I was like, guys, we got to go. <laughs> uh, good God. Uh, there, there, let me get the book, because I want to be very specific on the characters. There is, uh, the best, uh, in my opinion, the best little short is a Twin Peaks Season 3 viewing party that the group has. Um, Meg, of course, is Laura Palmer, wrapped in plastic. Um, Werewolf Jones is Bob. Uh, Mog is, uh, the man from another place, aka the dwarf. Uh, and they have (laughs) fucking owl is the log lady (laughs) and they have red curtains up in their apartment for the red room and they're watching season three of, uh, Twin Peaks. Uh, uh, And, And the thing is that, um, the book is an examination of the relationship between Meg and Mog, the problems, uh, in their relationship and the thing is that bob uh aka werewolf jones has meg up against the wall like they're they're in another room and he's he's smacking her in the ass you know and she's like yeah we should go back and she's he's like why you know i'm just spanking you a little bit and she's like if i don't leave i'm going to fucking you so we we got to get out of here so there the the link between meg and mog is tenuous at best um, in other stories she fucks the hell out of Goober Goober is uh, a trans uh, woman so Meg straps on the old dildo and backends Goober and Owl walks in on it and she's like she doesn't care right it's just like a nothing the, the the sexuality in Hanselman's books is top level like nobody cares there's there's one story, there's a party and Werewolf Jones is sitting on a couch and Dracula Jr.'s blowing him. And there's like people just walking through the room and he's getting a blowjob from where Dracula Jr. They don't care. <laughs> it it's on the one hand it's refreshing. On the other hand, it's it's a peek into or a glimpse into a lifestyle that I have never subscribed to or seen, you know what I mean? Like none of my friends You yeah, okay. No, what? Not uh not out in the open like that? Uh-huh. Dude, come on. I have a little bit of freaking tact. Come on. But um yeah, and but like I said, the whole book, well n- most of the book is is just um an examination into the the, the relationship. Like they go the 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 heartbreaking one it comes at the end where they they go to Amsterdam and Megan Mogger just trying to Maybe rekindle uh, what they thought they may have had, um, and and Meg forgets her antidepressants, and so the pair become increasingly miserable. Until Owl, who had to stay with Werewolf Jones back at home, he couldn't take any more, and he's like, "All right, I'm done," and he goes to to um, Amsterdam to meet them. And when Owl gets there, Megan Mogg, it's like they're ecstatic that he's there, which is crazy because no one in this narrative likes Owl. They don't like being around him. In fact, they boo when he enters a scene, <laughs> or, or he'll comment on something, and they'll be like, "Fuck you! You're you're, in, you're you're nuts! Just shut up!" You know, like Owl is the 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 character on which everybody shits it's just the way because he's a straight man right um and the fact that megan mauger overjoyed to uh see Al, it kind of speaks volumes about the relationship like they were so miserable being with each other that this guy that they don't even like or they barely tolerate his appearance is like a, a, a cause celebre, you know and it's uh there's a story where um the gang takes a bus trip to the Pitchfork Festival and the bus hits a deer along the way and uh this guy with a scar who's a passenger says, "Yeah, right, don't get rid of it. Throw it in the, throw it in the cargo hold, you know. I'll, I want to use the meat." Uh, but it turns out that the deer wasn't dead and it and it, it erupts through the floor of the bus from the passenger section uh, from the 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 the, the Luggage section into the passenger section. People are screaming. The bus has to stop. Uh, our gang gets off and the, you know, the, the scarred guy says, yeah, I got a, I got a buddy who could take us, you know? And instead of going to the pitchfork festival, they end up at the gathering of the juggalos, <laughs> oh, <for sure. laughs> which is like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, just a fucking nightmare. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I'm, I've said it before. There's something, um, unspeakable about Hanselman's work that really connects with me. I don't know if it's the debauchery or the honesty or the the the. I mean, I love the way he draws, and he's so carefree. It's sometimes he'll use watercolor, sometimes he'll use pencil. Uh, he doesn't, as Frank put it, um, Hanselman doesn't shiv. He's afraid of no one. Look at the way he dresses, right? To to wear. Um, what are commonly accepted as as women's clothing in in public and not give a fuck what anybody thinks like this person ranks very high on my list because he's confident and he's he he knows who he is he doesn't care whether you approve or not and that's the spark that that draws me to to hanselman um I just love his aesthetic. Uh, look at the cover of this. Megan Mogg in Amsterdam. The Amsterdam is melting. You can barely read it. And I, I'm a big proponent of, um, in, in merchandising. If you can't read the typography, it has failed in its job. Mm-hmm. as you know many of the death metal acts their logos are ridiculous because you can't even read them they they're, they're 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 symmetrical and they're this 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 elaborate intersection of what looks like you know tree branches to me i can't read the fucking things so i i pass them by but in this case it's it's conceptual the fact that you can't read megan mogg in amsterdam on the cover is irrelevant you can read it on the spine um, but it just, it speaks to the, the melting of the psyches of all these, these characters and to just, their, their goal is to evaporate, to, to, to expire into nothingness because they can't take the world. Um, that's my interpretation. I'm sure Simon would tweak my interpretation a little bit, but, um, these are characters that just want to escape the real, you know? um i I love his work so much Megan Mogg in Amsterdam and other stories Spanographics. nineteen ninety nine well worth every penny.
0: I will tell you that uh we saw plenty of simon Hanselman related votes this year thanks to your i don't know if that that's, discourse. yeah i don't know if that's
2: it i i think that's people just recognize good stuff when they see it
0: okay.
1: I would argue that while our listeners and El participants participants um, no good work, I do believe that um, your championing it attributes to them trying it out. This stuff is tailor
2: made for me. Like, how could I not love this? Right. I just I just hope Simon realizes that he's got uh like he made life-size uh, models of Meg and Owl and like dude there's a vinyl market just screaming for your shit. Um he he needs to to look into that because I know there there's there's a lot of dudes out there that would pay big money for uh you know a Meg vinyl. Just saying. You know, just saying he conquered one arena, like out of nowhere, the the New York Times bestseller list. There's no reason on earth that he should have cracked that. Like he's not bestseller list material. But who am I to say? Because obviously he is. He's done it. And like I said, fuck everybody else if they don't get it it's it's i think it's a in terms of success stories it's one of the more unique um in in comics because i don't think there's anybody who could have predicted that hanselman would have exploded the way he has uh gary groth included but um i'm just so happy he has because that means we'll, we'll continue to get more stuff from him yeah nothing but admiration for the dude
0: Moving in another he, direction. I, I hearing you speak on him is bittersweet for me because, like, I wish I could connect to it.
2: Right, I get it. I mean, you gave it a shot. You read Mega Hex. That's, you know, you you've done more than uh, you knew going in. You weren't going to like it.
0: it. It's like it's like the comics version of Doctor Who for me. I get it. Like, I know y'all love it. Like, I, I uh, like, obviously, it's. I know too many people who I hold dear in my heart love it that I have to accept that there's real value there, but try as I might, it just does not connect with me. You know. Yeah,
2: and and when you said you read Megahacks, I already knew the outcome before you even told me. It's it, it's saltpeter. This is not going to get you stiff.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you said, it, it's not the avant-garde nature. I mean, I just got done talking about a, a strange book, It's and it's not like the over-the-top extremism i actually very much like that in books i think it's the it's that it's set that in this apathetic stoner slacker vibe yeah which i'm just i just don't that is a hard sell for me i i i just don't identify with the idea of people trying to just be high through life because they don't want to live in a real world you know what i mean like
2: i i think there's a the very same thing that made Rocky Horror click with a a, a, a large segment, um, the whole you know, and, and maybe this is kitschy to say, but the whole "Don't Dream It, Be It," where it allowed males who had a, an interest or a curiosity in in like dressing in in female clothing the opportunity to go to this late night movie dress any way they wanted to dress like with the garters and the, the 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 stockings and the corsets and stuff and it was okay because you were going to a movie that featured that so mm-hmm. uh, on the one hand you know they they were only doing it because they were in character but on the other yeah, it was kind of arousing for these dudes and this was like it's okay to be this way because we're we're a member of a group and it's it's i think hanselman's work it it flips those switches where it's like there's a debauchery and a and a unabashed um sexuality to it that said you know it's okay this these you know you could be this way if it if it makes you feel good do it right and and Again, and it's the old looking across the 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 gap at the people living on the island over there, and how much fun they're having, and wow, they don't give a shit about anything, but here I am in in Straitsville, and it's just so compelling to me, like maybe I want to take a little trip over there every once in a while. you know what I'm saying it It, it allows you the possibility of being whatever the fuck you want to be mm-hmm. and and that's what I love about it.
0: But see, there you go. You describe it, and I'm like, no, that that sounds quite engaging to me. But it, so I don't. It, but for some reason, when I read it, I don't, I don't, I don't get that vibe from it. At least I didn't from Mega Hex. But
2: right, well, then, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you I won't get, get, get it all for all any of everything. them because there, yeah. there's, it's just more of the n- continual, the, yeah. more than narrative, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Peace out. Yep.
1: Um, I was hoping to uh, wait until the 12th issue comes out for this, but that isn't happening uh, until... Oh, tomorrow. I could have waited. Um, But I was uh, catching up on Legion of Superheroes. So I read 10 and 11 in in anticipation for the 12th issue, which will be coming out this week, um, concluding Bendis' Legion of Superheroes, because as of right now, even though there are two issues of Future State, Legion of Superheroes. There isn't anything in the post Future State solicits for Legion just yet. Um but these two so so the series starts off with, with with John in the uh 31st century with the Legion, uh getting a feel for the future, um witnessing everything as he comes across it. Uh, and then. Um, Jonah. Ultra Boy. His father. Decides to. He he kind of frames. The Legion. Or the, the, the second arc is the trial of the Legion of Superheroes. Uh, turns out. That uh, it was a frame up. And now. The last few issues. We deal with. Um, John. And. Saturn Girl. Imra have feelings for each other, so so they're um, they're kind of getting to know one another. Um, and since there are so many characters in this book, it, the scenes kind of jump around from one place to another. You have um, there are events on Planet Gotham, uh, Oa, because Gold Lantern is bringing. Um, Krav, the General Na, Jonah's father, to Oa to stay uh, to to be held as a prisoner um, because he's been tried and found guilty of of his crimes Um, and so so Brainiac Five and Block go with Gold Lantern to Oa Um, while that's going on we're brought to New Krypton and Mon is I, I, I guess Bendis was uh watching the Supergirl show because Monel's a dick in this book too. And the um he's 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 not so much an ass as he is just a little put off because he's supposed to be uh the Superman of the group. And when his great 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 grandfather shows up and as part of the team, he's not sure where his place is. So he, he takes the ball and goes home and he goes home to new Krypton. And, um, and we find out that, um, Zod is alive and, and well, and his, you know, mon um, grandfather, it didn't, it didn't, separated, you know, so many times, but, um, you know, and Monel's got kids and, and grandpa's always happy to see them. And and the legionnaires who go to talk to Monel to let him know, I know, he's still part of the team, uh, includes um Wildfire and Chameleon Boy, um Karate Kid and and a couple others. And the um so while that's going on, um, there is a incident where um Doctor Fate needs to be brought in to, um, to handle Mordru, who has returned. He, he broke free earlier in the series, so everything is kind of like coming to a um, to an end. All the pieces that that Bendis was putting in place, all those dominoes were starting to fall, and the penultimate issue. That's when John finds out that there's a new Krypton, um, and the Krypton is under attack because Mordru was looking for and found Olgosar, and so this, of course, goes back to Bendis's first toying around in the Superman universe by bringing in that character by creating that character and. Having him take on the family, um, and it just it it was it was one of those things where it's, it's why I enjoy comic books and 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 seeing things. It's it's like you know back in the day when you were reading X Men and and Claremont got all these different plot lines going around, and then something finally you know falls into place, or, or we're introduced to Madeline, and you know why Scott's so in love with her. Oh, she looks just like Jean, and then everything else starts to and 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 you you enjoy going along for the ride instead of I mean this could very easily be you know read in a trade and you get the same story but um, these are the moments where I kind of enjoy the single issues not because um, I mean yeah it's a pain in the ass because now I got to wait to see it play out but um, you're kind of getting all that you're along for the ride like as it's happening Um, and and not playing catch up later on or, or, or seeing what everybody else had already read however many months ago. But the um the arc by Brian Sook and, and Wade Von Retcher is fantastic. Jordy does some fantastic work with the um with the colors. But it's it's been a really fun team. It's 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 different than I mean aesthetically different, but um the the DNA, the the makeup of, of the team members are vastly different than the Levitt stuff than the Wade stuff and the shooter stuff. I mean, everybody's had a time to, to to play around with the Legion, but they kind of all, you know, whether it's the Legionnaires or the the Five Years Later stuff uh, or Legion Lost, like they they kind of all. There's not much that differentiates. They, they all kind of look the same. It, it's you'd have to really kind of look hard at maybe the outfits or uh the attitude to know which version of the legion that might be um but there's kind of no mistaking bendis's thumbprint on this team because you know lightning light doesn't look anything like any lightning light we've ever seen before and um you know we kind of there's some things where someone might read it and think he changed it just you know oh to change it or or to be different you know that i can get away with this but um all the characters, the, the team members, the way the Legionnaires interact with each other, triplicate girl, how, you know, how, how kind of, um, not ditzy, but just the way she interacts with her self, uh, and, and how those selves interact with other people. And, uh, I mean, he fleshed out like bouncing boy in a few panels more than like I've ever cared about or, or, or read about bouncing boy in all the years I've known. He was a Legionnaire. Um, so I'm happy. I'm definitely happy that this series existed. Um, I think that, uh, what, I I think this works well as far as what Bendis was doing with the Superman books and that universe and those characters. Um, and I think adding Legion to that and, and knowing that, uh, we wrapping it up soon. Um, is kind of a nice bookend to, to where he started. It was, um, it it has been a very uh, enjoyable ride. It's been it's been a little hectic. It's been a little maybe confusing at times because you know Ryan doesn't phone it in, and and there are plenty of characters um, on the page. In some cases, uh, everybody's got this little hollow GI Joe data card over their shoulder that lets you know you know who they are and uh, to some degree what their powers might be. But it's. Um, I think as far as a Legion book, it's it's very uh, new reader friendly because you you kind of, um, it's really one of the few DC books where you do kind of know who the characters are as you're going along and you're not, you're not lost. There are so many DC books I'll read and I, I could pick up any Titans book and if I don't know who the team, team members are, they're not going to tell you in the book. You're not going to get a little fraction-like pop-up like from his X-Men run, it tells, you know, the name of the character and a little snippet of their personality or their powers. There, there's nothing like that in most DC books. And it's, it's a little bit of a pain in the ass. And it, it, I, got, I kind of got frustrated with the Future State Titans book because even though I know this is a Future State book and some of these characters may not even exist yet. Even the previous Titans books, if, if I'm reading them and I'm not familiar with the characters, um, they don't. They're not too concerned about a new reader picking up a book, and uh, it's a little frustrating. And I, you know, I, Wikipedia exists, but I'm not. That's not how I read my comics. But Legion has just been a lot of fun. Um, looking forward to seeing how it wraps up tomorrow, um, and then we'll see where things go from there with Bendis, with these characters, with with um, with the Superman books before the new creative team comes on uh for that universe but yeah i um i was a little I, I again and i didn't know where legion was going to end up post future state and as of right now according to this to the solicits we still don't but legion has been um legion has been a lot of fun i know it's not going to be for everybody but um as far as when i when i if, if i was just if i wasn't reading superman stuff from bendis and i was just reading if i was a legion fan and this is all i cared about I could see that maybe being a little—I don't want to say annoying, but maybe that—that that is the right word. But when I take Legion and put it in with uh, the whole of his Superman work, it, it's—it's been—it's been—been fulfilling. I, I've enjoyed it a lot. So that's what—that's um, what I read last week as we were um, getting for ready for last week's show. I didn't get a chance to chat on it, but—but uh, but yeah, I, I just I want to make sure that since I have. It's been a couple of months since um, I was catching up on it. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how it ends.
0: Why is it that Legion can't seem to catch on in the modern era? Like, there's no objective reason it can't be done, right? I mean, there's plenty of other team books that... Sure, some go hot, some go cold, but they, they... they have runs, and, and I I just feel like for some reason and I, I don't have an answer, which is why I'm putting it out there to y'all, why they,
1: can't Legion catch on? They tend to and, and from what I remember as it was playing out, every time they're chugging along at a good clip, something has to and and that's when you know when when wade and kitson kicked off legion of superheroes then that event happened and supergirl was in the future and now that change i mean they they visually it still kind of looked the same but i don't know if wade had that event hiccup in mind when when he was plotting things out so that's that's that could be a problem i mean that's you know if if, if you're if, if you're enjoying things the way they are and then something causes the change. I mean, in this case, Future State... I, and again, if Future State wasn't a thing, I don't know if we'd get more than 12 issues of this. I, I don't know, you know, what Bendis had planned. I know, you know Bendis had things planned for Superman, and then Future State happened, and it was a good time to, to for that to end. And But I don't... There always seems to... From what I can tell, there always seems to be something that happens at DC, an event or editorial, something happens... That causes them to alter course, and not necessarily, you know, like with Peter David and the Hulk, he was able to look at the sales, and he would know when issues started to slow down. He changed things up. He brought in, you know, Professor Hulk. He brought in Joe Fixit. He brought in, you know, the problems with his dad, and 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 the pantheon. And he he was always able to make the Incredible Hulk fresh and exciting. I mean, the art didn't the art definitely was great, but but he was always able to kinda call an audible and change things up to make it feel fresh and keep the readers interested. And and I don't know why and this, I'm just gonna say DC, but I don't know why D C always has to do something that causes books to just change the from the path that they were on. Because something happened some event or some something to change, but where they hired somebody. Uh, you know, everybody was happy with the Tomasi Superman book. I was. And they hired Bendis, so of course we would give him Superman. He wants Superman. We would give him that and, and that, you know. Not not a lot of people were really ecstatic about, you know, Tomasi leaving Superman. But um, something just always happens behind the I think something always happens behind the scenes. I don't think it's a reader thing. I don't think it's I don't think Legion is hard to get into. I just think whenever Legion has 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 a footing and and it's it's chugging along. DC's got to do something to screw it up. That's my thinking on it.
0: I I think that makes sense. I also wonder though if the fact that it's set in the future doesn't always have people thinking. Well, I don't really need to read that. Like books are expensive these days. I got a budget, and it's not going to really affect any other kind of continuity. So, what do I need to read that for? I don't know. You know, for some, though, you would think that would be an appeal. Like, I would think for some that might be
2: appealing. So, I I think it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't proposition. Mm -hmm. Um, Remember, Legion crossed over into uh, Morrison's crisis, and it didn't affect anything. Like, one would think that, wow, this Morrison guy's doing uh, this high profile crisis thing. Let's shoehorn Legion into it. Nobody really cared. I mean, whatever. I-, I think there's a very dwindling, um, fan base for Legion. And if you do it traditionally by the numbers, you appease the, the, the Legion fanboys, but you, uh, leave out all of the potential new readers. And if you change it too much, like Bendis, you leave out the diehards at the expense of new readers. And so it's like you can't win with Legion. Yeah. Yeah, you really can't. Uh the we, we've seen it time and time again. The book starts off hot and then it just descends into the sales numbers plummet for whatever reason. Um I I don't know. I don't think there is at this point, I don't think there is a viable outlet for a legion book. I really don't. If Bendis who I'll, I'll admit people love and Bendis so- yeah and Ryan Sook, you get an artist like sook on the book, and it's not a top ten book, something's really wrong right i i don't know I don't know how to balance the equation. I don't think there is a way of balancing it at this point e- even shooter came back to write The Legion, and the book couldn't sell
0: and shooter no i mean I, I I agree that the evidence suggests you're right on but i but it's like and I think I mean you just i don't know like there's magic to be had right i mean when when johns decided to do a jsa book it was hot people bought it when when abnett lanning or or donny cates or you know decided to do a guardians of the galaxy book like people were into it and they bought it like you know what i mean like like it it, like there are there is magic that can happen i mean i mean look at the success of venom right under cates i mean venom was never a character that could carry multiple books much less an entire line for a whole year but it, it did right it now it is uh, so and and yeah. I, well i may not be vibing on it like clearly a huge chunk of people are so i i don't know man like i mean i'm not disagreeing with anything you guys have said i just think it's a weird thing though right because it's
2: very strange it is yeah, yeah. even at the height of its critical success i'm not talking commercial critical giffen tom and mary beerbomb um, you know, five years later. The 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 book that everyone says, Oh my god, five years later Legion was phenomenal. You gotta read this. It was so much different than stuff that came before and it set the tone and it was gritty and, and uncompromising and wonderful. That book did not sell that much. Like even even the dar the Legion era that's considered the critical darling did not sell that much. The one that did sell enough was the silver age legion with superboy and nobody wants to go back to that right so i don't know i don't know what the what the legion recipe is it, it, i'm sure if dc knew they would gladly serve that dish up nice and hot for you but i think legion is a losing proposition which is baffling i, I completely understand so many great characters um, so many wonderful pro- plot lines and villains. The villains are phenomenal in Legion, yet nobody seems to care. I don't understand it. I really don't. I, I, I'm guessing you could put Neil Gaiman on the Legion and somebody equally respected in on the visual visual aspect, and the book still wouldn't sell. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Hmm. I mean, I think I, I think the the proof is kind of in the pudding there because I mean they gave. I mean, Game and Rogan Eternals book, right? Yep. And I'm sure maybe that'll sell now. I mean, people, they'll. they'll I'm, I'm sure the, not the. There's plenty of remainder copies out there. I know I've seen the hardcover everywhere, but I'm yeah, sure Marvel everywhere. will will reprint it with with a new cover or something because of the movie. And yeah, but, but see, it's
2: not really fair because you know, yes, movie people don't buy comics, but. You know, comic readers who never have read the Eternals know there's a movie. Uh, or, you know, in the wake of the movie, they'd be like, "Ah, oh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try that." Right? Who the fuck knows what Legion is these days? Uh, 40, thirty, forty, fifty-year-old readers who enjoyed it back in the day. Your twenty-somethings and thirty-somethings would be like, "I don't know what the hell this thing is." Look at there's a there's thirty characters on this page. How do I make sense of this? What does it mean, What Jonah? What is that, right? I mean, you gotta, you have to have some compassion. For, I mean, for, I like
1: to think some some readers are, are smart enough to go along for the ride, but yeah, oh sure, I mean, you, are, you don't, you don't want to walk in doing homework. You just, you just kind of want to. I mean, some people are like, hey, this is cool. This is new to me. Again, I mean, I'm not when you know, we didn't start. None of us, three of us, we didn't start with too many first issues. Uh-uh. It was it was Uncanny X Men. No, well, yeah, that's different time. It was right? It, yeah. right, but but you know, you went in, and, and granted, you know, you had the little paragraph header at the top of the Marvel books before Stanley presents that told you, you know, kind of who this character was and what it was about, and that was great. And 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 some degree, DC would do it for the Superman or Batman books, but, um, you know, for the most part, you just you went in and you went along, and you know, there were editor's notes or the way the character. I mean, at least with Claremont. You knew who everybody was by the way they're thinking, but everybody had thought balloons. They, they 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 talked about themselves or other characters talked about them. So the reader knew how to go along. I mean, conversations were had that wouldn't be said aloud in the real world. But in a comic book, because you're trying to get everybody up to, up to catch them up, it works and they don't. They don't do that these days. There, there's a lot, I, and I, I just said it with the Titan stuff, but I mean, there are a lot of books where you're just like, I, I don't know who these characters are.
2: Most comics these days are basic math, right? Very easy to to, to wrap your, your brain around. Legion is quantum physics. There's so much backstory with Legion. There's so many iterations of Legion. Silver Age, Post Crisis, Three Boot. Like, whoa! Well, you know, the, uh, a writer who has experience with the Legion, reading the Legion, will come in and make a, an allusion to something that happened in a different timeline. And it's like, who's going to get that? Right. There's there's tens and tens. Of, there's so many characters in Legion. It's daunting, to say the least. I, I hope that, that they figure out... The formula, but I, I really, I mean, call me a pessimist. I doubt they ever will at this point. The
0: uh, Bendis on a book should be a guaranteed seller. I mean, maybe that's the maybe you hit hit on it, Vince. It's that because it's a Legion of Superheroes, like in its design, is 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 a a really big roster, and so it's hard to get people to buy into, like you said, twenty, thirty characters all at once. I mean I know speaking for me the only time that I can say I was really into Legion was the Legion Lost in that era of stuff. And that was cuz it was targeted, right? I right. mean it, Legion was broken that didn't they were a, they were a tighter group of legionnaires splinter had, group, yeah. Yeah and and it was and I was super into it, you know. Um Yeah, and I guess Legion Adjacent would be Tom's Omega Men run, which was great. But that too was was a focused group of characters. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, we're not going to solve that, that problem no, for DC tonight, but I, I just, I do find it fascinating because, um, I, well, maybe a month or so ago we were talking about team books and I, again, I was reflecting on this year. I mean, I think, I, and, and I realized that maybe this is just my perspective. And so you could tell me I'm nuts, but I feel like there's never been, at least in the time we've been doing the show, a worse time for big two team books meaning not even I'm not even speaking about their quality I'm talking about just no buzz no just yeah. n- nothing like you were saying momentum we don't feel compelled like we have to talk about them right i mean fantastic four right i mean it 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 has to be a special kind of situation for none of us to want to talk about fantastic four yeah
2: fantastic yeah. four is not a team book
0: Okay, I disagree. But yeah. but a, a, a See, team book do, is, is, the, is 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 any group with is any book with with multiple characters in it more than two uh, or three. I mean
2: I know, I know, but let's go with the obvious choice. Jason Aaron's Avengers. If, well, I was
0: gonna, I was just going to go down the line, yeah, yeah Avengers. If there's, there's not Titan people
2: list. reading a, a Jason Aaron book, something is wrong.
0: Just Justice League, yeah. your, I mean, your boy Snyder, right? I mean, I mean, now I think that sold okay, but it certainly wasn't a book that got a lot of buzz. No, in all of our in our social media, our our Facebook group, our Slack, true, our our Twitter, nobody was saying, "Hey, why aren't you guys talking about what's going on with Justice League?" It's that's lit, you know? Yeah, um, and it's and wonderful. Teen Titans, but same thing. Yeah, um, uh, it's been a long time since Team Titans was a book that was at the top of the 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 comic culture zeitgeist. Um, I think the really outlier. A JSA book. The outlier is X Men. X
2: Men's the outlier, but, and,
0: that, and that that's and that's after being effectively a not hot book for a decade.
2: Right, exactly. And you put an architect on the book that has the brainpower to understand mm-hmm. what what he's writing and present it in a new and uh, you know a novel way. I think, and no
0: disrespect to Bendis, by the way. I mean, no, obviously Bendis has had. A ridiculous Hall of Fame, if there were such a thing, career. But Bendis' take on the X Men was not hot. It was supposed he was supposed to give that he was supposed to give the X Men life. It, he didn't he didn't pull it off. Bendis Bendis was supposed to make Superman hot. Now again, DAP loved the Bendis Superman run, so it worked for some group of people. But right. from a sales perspective, it was not the success they were hoping for. I mean, yeah. they paid Bendis Bendis money to come there more than pretty much anyone else gets there except for like your Johns and your Schneider. And, and the goal as, I mean, it's in the press release. They, they wanted Superman to be a top five book. That was their goal. It never happened. Um, so is Bendis, uh, you know, we've talked about this before. Is Bendis a, You know, you said Vince like, oh, if Bendis can't, I don't, I I don't, I don't know if Bendis is a guy in 2020 that you put him on a book and it's going to sell, right? I I, I don't, like, he's done a bunch of DC books now, and and I'm not, I'm in no way admonishing the quality of them, but I don't believe any of them were particularly strong sellers, inclusive of the Superman books, but right, I, I don't think any of them were like big commercial hits, and. I'm not blaming him for that. I'm saying I think in today's market, maybe more than ever, it is very difficult for a creator or creators to significantly alter the trajectory of a book simply because of who they are. I think it just has to be right place, right time, you know, yeah. and it is possible, though. I mean, like in the sense that that I'll go back to Donny Case. I, I, I have anyone that watches our monthly previews videos knows that I am sick and disgusted with i've seen enough null for a lifetime i have zero interest in more null stories or more symbiote stories i'm tired of it but i will never say that it wasn't absolutely by all accounts what marvel should be doing because i appear to be in the minority it appears that that is one of the hotter things other than the x-men going on at marvel people can't get enough Donny Cates cosmic and symbiote stuff seemingly they they, they they eat it up so it can happen but I just don't know but it wasn't like because it was Donnie Cates it was like Donnie Cates took these books and it got hot right or like when Tom did the vi- like, like right place right time maybe and then you can parlay it from there I think we need maybe a fresh voice who takes a fresh take on a Legion or a JSA and isn't beholden to what came before and just tells a dope ass story And that gets buzzed, and the next thing you know, it's kind of back in vogue. I don't know.
2: I see, I don't, I, I think that parting with the past is not a good idea in terms of Legion and JSA. The, especially JSA, because they are the foundation of the DC universe, right? Uh, in terms of, you know, the, the, the characters that were there at the very beginning. And if you disavow yourself of what has come before with JSA, you're gonna tick off a whole bunch of people. I don't. I don't know what the answer is. I don't. I think. I think that uh, Johns was one of the few who juggled all the the correct balls. Yeah. He he yeah, made I it. Yeah, we talked about this before. He, I,
0: that's one of the th- reasons I started reading DC regularly after twenty years of not. i yeah. I, I loved his to and And he
2: he made it attractive to contemporary readers while, um, you know, giving the the longtime dudes a big old bear hug, saying, "Yeah, I know where we came from, but this is."
0: the like with star this is the but that's the, like his superpower right like yeah jo- johns is the thing that has made him who he is is he's that is kind of his thing right he's able to uh give you new but with a almost surgical precision of making sure it fits into the puzzle of the old right i even think johns
2: would fa- fail at a legion reboot
1: yeah i'd certainly Was... be
0: willing to let him try
1: didn't is is it... Who? Oh no! Wait, was it Levitz? Who wrote Legion of Three Worlds during the during Final Crisis? Was it Levitz or was it Johns?
2: No, I think it. um, Don't quote me, but I think it was Johns.
1: Because it it was Perez and Koblish. Because like that's
2: his superpower, right? To that he corralled all that information between three iterations of the Legion into one cohesive storyline. I'm pretty sure it was Johns. You can Google it if you want to, just so we can have some definitive. uh, some answer here
0: it was indeed yes yeah, yeah. and drawn, i i enjoyed uh, the storyline yeah.
2: i enjoyed the storyline very much but uh it, it it hurts my heart because i mean out of the three of us me dap and i we got love for the legion uh but it's it's a hard sell it really yeah. is i'm glad you're enjoying it but um, yeah and it
1: did yeah and again and that's another thing where if if i didn't then I'd I'd have no problem. Um, sure, but it's it's it it just it tapped into I I was I'm willing I'm willing to give any legion a shot. Right and in this case, in, in this instance, it that I thought I, I was I tapped into something, or they tapped into something, and and I was I was happy about it. But yeah, it's just again it, it goes back to that. You no, know, they're just going to go ahead and let me know how many issues or something I can have without. We have not worry about it, so it is what it is.
2: Yeah, I don't know what's up with that, because if you look at the solicits this month, it's not on there. Exactly. Right, so, what? I mean, what's going on? Who knows? We'll see. We will. Yeah, I just hope they do you justice for, I, I hope they, they do you a solid for the money you've invested in it, to this point. Like, if they just forget about it and just say, oh, well, you know, future state, we got new shit going on. That's not doing anybody uh, a service, you know. Because then, then you got a grudge. You're pissed off. You you invested in the storyline. You want to see how it plays out. It's not fair. Well,
1: that's and it's it's that's I I can appreciate. You know, Bendis doesn't really forget about his creations. I mean, we have Naomi's going to be in the Justice League, apparently. Um, you know. It, it, Teen Lantern is going to live on, not that he's writing the Green Lantern book, but you know, you, you there, the, the, the Jenny Hex got her, her, her special one shot issue and, and I'm sure she'll pop up somewhere else. But, um, you know, even if Bendis doesn't get to do what he wanted to do in the Legion, there's probably going to be threads or he'll be able to repurpose things for the Justice. Oh, sure. But... I'm not, I'm never, I'm never worried about, I mean, yeah. Would I like to see, you know, a, a conclusion or, or, a resolution for the Legion stuff? Yes, and I'll find out tomorrow if I do. But, um you know, if, if I feel let down, then I can only hope that it will, like I said, the, the thread will be pulled in, in another one of his books. Yeah. And you
2: don't know. The future state may have something to do with the continuity that you just read. You don't know.
1: It's it's kind of the perfect place to do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Legion takes place in the future. Here's a bunch of books that take. I mean, how are you going to do a future state of Legion superheroes? The book that already takes place in the future. How many? What do you go to the much end of the further end? Can you go? Seriously, exactly. let's go Is to the end day? of time yeah. when
2: Superman and Doom and 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 fucking Flash were trying to pull Doomsday out of the you know the the Oblivion or whatever it was. I don't know. I don't know. I just love comics, right?
1: That's what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we're here. We also love TV shows
2: though. Oh, look at you Segway Omatic. You are like the Ronco yeah. of Segways, you little <laughs> cute bastard you. Speaking of TV shows, right? What you
1: been watching?
2: Oh shit, I watched The WandaVision. Yes you did. Yeah, I did. Uh I we
1: all did, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Surprisingly. <laughs> yep. Surprisingly we watched. My wife and I watched both episodes. I wasn't sure if after the first episode, I, mean, I had a feeling she was feeling it because she laughed, you know, at the appropriate spots, but I asked her and I'm like, are we going to, and then it ended. So I was like, do you want to say the second episode? And before I could even finish asking the question, she was like, what the fuck's wrong with you? So we ended up watching the, um, the second episode as well. And yes, we both really enjoyed them.
2: Mm. Well, uh, the wife entered the room uh, during my, viewing of episode two she's like the heck is this <laughs> and, and i explained it to her and she goes this is so bad and i said it's intentionally bad uh-huh. because it is supposed to dredge up all of the um the feelings the the the, the approach of a vintage television show which were cringeworthy uh, i mean i love uh, Lucille Ball's stuff, but you have to admit a lot of that stuff was like you watch it now and it's it it, it you know it it's very it's cringeworthy. Yes. Uh, and and I said here's the deal: Th- you don't know why, you don't know who, but Vision and Scarlet Witch are trapped inside some kind of either imposed reality or self imposed reality. Why to get away from some kind of uh, grievous harm to get away from it. Who knows? We don't know yet. Right. But, but there are signs within the narrative that something is happening on a layer distant from what's going on. And that is the hook that it just l- exploded my world. Like when the, the, you know, Wanda, Wanda, what's happening? What's, you know, what's good? Like I, I don't know who that is. I don't know why that is, but I need to know. And I think as a kitschy kind of homage to vintage TV, it worked. Um, I'm going to be Joe superficial and saying this could have been abysmal on almost every level and getting to just look at her. (laughs) <laughs> would, would make me keep watching like i don't yeah. care i i I, there, I have a a superficiality when it comes to beautiful women i don't care what you think she right. is beautiful to me and and i will watch anything she's in he's yes. very handsome he's a great actor i i'm pretty
1: sure he's a reason why my wife is watching it ah,
2: i mean and just the the whole you know uh the the, the bewitched aspect of it that works for me but the creepy foreboding, what the hell's going on oh, yeah. out, outside of this narrative? And somebody, uh, and, and I'm going to bring up my Twitter just to find out exactly who it was. Somebody said to me, y- you know, wouldn't it be awesome if they brought David Lynch in for the finale? <laughs> and that's, that's exactly, um, how, what I was thinking because there's a, there's a Twin Peaks vibe. To this, that yeah. um, it, it's compelling to me because I, you know I'm a huge Twin Peaks aficionado. Uh, I worship at the the altar of of, of Lynch. So uh, here it is. Uh, David Griffin said, "I hope WandaVision got David Lynch to direct the final episode." And it's like, yeah, that would that would make my world complete. If and this is so much in the realm of Lynch that it's disgusting.
1: The and, the, the scene that the, oh go ahead
2: no you know it's only going to get more real as it goes on because oh, yeah, now, now, when, we're, we're, now, now we're now in we're in color. color yeah we're yep. in
1: Technicolor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the uh and even even the the scene at the dinner table with the wife saying stop it oh she stop just it. died like, you know it's like it's 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 she she's she's telling her husband to stop it because he's, he's the one who's choking but she's looking at what and it's just you're trying to just figure out things that's going along just just it, I, we haven't i haven't rewatched them yet but it, it there's enough there where i think and they're not like hour-long episodes i there's enough there where i think i can no they're short i can rewatch watch but they are yeah um just like the mandalorian was but the, the during the second episode during uh during the commercial for in the second episode uh when you look at the watch and it says struck my wife's like why does that name sound familiar? So I was telling her about the opening scene of age of Ultron and she's, she's got this blank look on her face. Or she's pretending to have a blank look on her face. And then and, and when I finish all of that, she's like, huh, I, I guess we're gonna have to watch age of Ultron this weekend, which we did, which now makes me want to watch, uh, get sorry, to, um, sorry for your, uh, you no, no, because there are some good lines in, in age of Ultron and, and it is the introduction of vision. Vision is a fantastic character. I think in the MCU, um,
2: and it's, and, it. I mean, and, and it's got her in it. I mean, and it's got her in it, and
1: and whatever accent she's trying to do, but and, and Scarjo, like, why, you know, whatever. It's not, it's <laughs> so, it's not a cinematic not, masterpiece, it's, it's but not, it's not the best Avengers movie. No, it is no. not. But it's still, it's it, I still had fun with it, and we, um, and and now I want to watch infinity war and and because i like the two of them together and i i I like paul bettany's division i like that character on screen and that was the last time we saw him and and that's when he was getting the mind stone pulled out of his head and and so now now you know of course we're sitting at home and you know we're having conversations about like well you know before that happened shuri was trying to do what she could do so it's like you know maybe I don't think they're in Wakanda, but maybe and and so we're trying to like maybe maybe they're maybe Wanda was able to so we're just we're we're having a whole bunch of what if conversations in the house as we're trying to figure out where exactly this is taking place where are they who's who what what's and, and that's that's almost as much fun as as when we spend the the forty minutes watching the show. Yeah, I you know
2: you know me I don't give a hoot about any of that. If, if conceptually they give this thing a reason for being that's, that, you know, is tied to the movies, that's great. It doesn't necessarily have to be. It could be something as simple as this is what happens during this scene, or after this scene. That's good enough for me. Right? I, I think this is, it's very high concept going in, which I'm there like if if you're going to reach for the skies as far as you know you're not going to downplay to the the fans and and try and do something different on a level that that is is um artistic has artistic merit right fine this that's wonderful uh, to me, these two episodes of the vision eclipses most of what I've seen from the you know the Marvel cinematic universe because it tries to be something beyond what it is right it's, there, there's an aesthetic here that is playing to not only the longtime marvel fan but new fans in ter- like it's artistically sound is what i'm saying right the, the conceptually rich right but without everything that comes before it kind of crumbles mm-hmm. you know so you need the framework on which it was built but it, it's existing in its own little realm wonderfully for me so far like i expect this to get i'm gonna predict it's gonna get very dark very disturbing i don't think the the last couple of episodes are not even gonna look like the same series as when it started out i think it's gonna go down a very very dark road i think that's why these episodes are semi light-hearted semi um sugary sweet because once it you know the, the by the end of the series or year, I don't know how many how many more things they have planned for this, but w- when the story they're telling culminates, I think it's going to be disturbingly dark.
1: Yeah. How many episodes do you say it was, Jason? Nine, I believe. And then it's over. Yeah. Well, this season at least, but yeah. Well, I'm I'm hoping it's over for good. Like I, I, I think. Oh yeah, I think yeah. It should. It, it, whatever the conclusion is. However, I don't. I, I would. Well, I don't know. I,
2: yeah, I, I wouldn't I don't drag this say. out. I mean, tell the story, hook into the MCU the way you want to, and get out. Uh, I don't think this is a series that has much, se- many seasons in it. Because right. you know, the the pony once you ride it, you, you, you know, you're done. Right? you you've you've, you've
0: yeah, I would imagine, give, and, and these are given their their, um, you know, that I agree with you. I, I, I think that given I, I don't, I'm, I think these two will have other films to make. I, I don't, I don't yeah. get the sense that they that they're signing on to. And I could be wrong, but I, 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 I think a lot of these shows will be one season because they are being treated like the films. They're all part of an ongoing, persistent MCU narrative. They're not, uh, you know, they're they're not meant to be serialized ad nauseum. They're meant to. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I. With that being said, I mean, if it's successful, you know, just like with Mandalorian, they and they throw enough money at them, they, they they might, you know, it's possible that they had to agree to multiple season contracts like they do with the films. So, I wouldn't totally rule out more seasons, but but yeah, I, I think based on where we think this is going, it, it it's more likely like a one and done. I mean, yeah. Obviously, with her, first of all, I mean, I, I'm with most of what you guys said. I, I, I really dug it, but I, I, I do think digging it requires a certain like affinity for and knowledge of what they were par- parodying, and, yeah. and so like, I mean, there, there hasn't been a single MCU thing that my youngest hasn't loved and i'm not you won't be i mean but he's 11 and and he he was completely baffled by this he he just didn't get it it he was bored he just didn't understand and and i don't blame him for that cuz he had, the, to explain to him oh, they're making fun of of the way sitcoms were in the 50s he's like first of all what the fuck sitcom second of all like i like what do you, like none of it's all it's all it, you know it's it's like it, there's no there's no tether for him to 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 grasp onto and I get that. Um, and, and, and Beth has always loved all the films. Um, she's an easy mark when it comes to them, frankly. And she was bored to tears. Because, um, again, she, she wasn't someone who finds love for the nostalgia of those old sitcoms. Um, so, I mean, that's irrelevant to what I thought of it. I mean, I thought it was great. Um, and, and I'm with you guys. Like I, I applaud them for doing something different. I mean, it's a bold, bold move to start a show off like this, especially because it's the first. Like this is the just like the Mandalorian was the first of the Disney Plus Star Wars line, and now the whole world is excited about the 27 other Star Wars things we're getting because of how much they like Mandalorian. To start the MCU television experience this way is bold, right? Because we've also got much more linear, straightforward things that are looming, most notably. Uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon, which I think is going to be a straight up action adventure series, and, and and I think if you started with that, you'd have a lot of people saying, "Oh man, I, that's I, awesome! I'm going to get more Marvel. Can't you know, can't get enough." So I, I think it's bold to start it this way. Um, I, I will say my strong supposition is that they need to get to getting with these next two episodes for for the for it to be. A smash success, right? Um, not not for me to enjoy it, but but for it to be Mandalorian esque, where it's water cooler talk and people can't wait to to see more and see what else Marvel's going to do. Um, like so, I think it was a bold start, but they need to kind of move on with it. I, I, now, what they're trying to do, I don't know, man. Like she obviously shows up she's pregnant at the end, you know. So us old Avengers heads were were reminded of Wanda and Vision having. You know, two kids. And, oh, she's and,
2: definitely going to have twins,
0: right? And then they yeah. weren't real. She made them up. And then when she discovers that, she goes insane, and kills <laughs> a bunch <laughs> of people, and eventually wipes out all of mutant kind. I, I don't. But but the but the MCU is different, right? Like like the Vision's really not like the Vision's kind of already gone in the MCU, at least in this form. So is this more her mourning that like not being able to handle that he's gone, trying to hold on to him? Uh, you know, is that what's going on? I, I don't. I don't know. I, I yeah. we'll find out. I think coming out of this,
2: I'll, I'll make two predictions. I think we already saw the 50s and episode two ended with the 60s. Whether they're going to push that into episode three and do a 60s proper sure, sure. and then 70s, 80s. I, I think the, the the show is going to get progressively more violent and more explicit as every episode goes on. I also think... Wanda's going to come out of this
0: as a villain. Interesting. Yep. I I mean I could see it, right?
2: Absolutely. It it just opened too lightheartedly. Uh the thing with the helicopter that's in color, the 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 blood on the hand, um there's a reality that's trying to pierce through this this bubble that's either uh self inflicted or imposed upon them, I think it's going to get extremely violent at the end mm-hmm. I, I just I, I'm not talking peck and paw violent, but I think it's going to take it's going to surprise a lot of people given the innocent opening episodes mm-hmm. yeah oh I think they have i think this is very calculated um and that's why I'm glomming onto it so much because I think it's an artistic statement that tries to elevate the narrative beyond a simple connection to the Marvel universe into like a pastiche of not only television, but of the, the, um, the fall from grace of, of a character that um, not she, I mean, she wasn't held in super high esteem, but she was one of the good guys. And Mm -hmm. and I, and I think that it's a, it's a corruption uh, in a sense of, of a uh, semi innocent, character who had something taken away from her in this case not only her husband but the twins that she's going to manifest within the show i don't think it's going to end well man i think it's going to be very dark
0: yeah Yeah, i'm with you there i'm with you there so yeah i mean it looks great i mean let's just say i mean all all the regardless of whether it proves to be a bold move stylistically or story-wise that that yeah doesn't pay off it it's a beautiful look i mean it was if you have any familiarity with with that era of sitcoms and television it was just just on the money I yeah. mean it was
2: just fantastic the black and white is so rich I mean it's tough to get the blackest black the whitest white and all the grays in between and they mm-hmm. nailed it and uh yikes and and then when when it switches to color and you see her red hair like it's just stunning just the the visuals are just impeccable
0: yep yep yeah, yeah for sure you know what else was impeccable? My uh, this dick. let's <laughs> see you got to go low. <laughs> you are supposed to go high. Oh, on, I, I have, have to, to go low.
2: Where I, should I? Should I repeat the the things you have written on the eleven o'clock reform, Mister? Oh. D- okay. <laughs> you,
0: you, you know uh you, you know what was phenomenal this year? I don't know. In twenty twenty. What? Our our illustrious guests who joined us on the show. Oh, you're going
2: to give us a list.
0: Well, if, without without cheating, how many different guests did we have this year? If you want to take a guess. Oh
1: goodness! Was well, our first guest Kelly Thompson.
0: No, that was ni- 2019. Oh shit! Okay. As was Phil Hester, by the way.
1: Oh, it was the end of 2019. Okay. Yep. Wait, we had Phil Hester on. Yeah, to talk about family. <laughs> oh, I'm
2: kidding, dude. It's a oh, it's an inside joke. It's the oh. Bullpen Bulletin's joke.
1: That's, oh, yes, okay. it is. motherfucker. Yeah. Duh. Nice. Nicely done.
2: All right. I'll go on on a limb and say we had <laughs> nine guests last year.
0: Okay. Now, are you including – like I'm including friends of the show.
2: I'm including – oh. Uh, are we talking professional? No, like friends. No, I no. no
0: like guests, like, like people that aren't the three of us. All
1: right. 14. Okay. That's good. Um. I'll name that two in 16.
0: The winner without going over is Dap. We had 17 people join us on the show. Wow. That is crazy. Yes. We had, and and there are some other crazy things. It was a weird year, as, as I keep saying. Um, Although we had 17 guests, only four, uh, well, that's uh, one, two, three, only six of them were first timers. We had the bad idea crew, Dinesh, Warren and Hunter, they were first timers. Sean Crystal, first timer. Roy Thomas, first timer. Hopefully not I'm breaking my freaking heart. Did time. we get a reply
2: yet? Like, what's the <laughs>
0: deal? And then, last but certainly not least, our good friend Jeff Bouchard joined us this year. First-timer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, those who made repeat performances included Mr. Cruset,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Mr. Muscar. Mr. Caleb Alexander McKenzie.
2: A whole lot of sexy in all those
0: names. Yep. Mr. Fleece. Woohoo! Mr. Sholley. Yes. Mr. King, as in Tom. Mr. Esmond. <laughs> Mr. Yo. Yes. Uh, Mrs. Merkler. Mm-hmm. Mr. Allison. And Mr. Pitzer.
1: Nice. We didn't now, have Hassan this year. Last year, you what? Hassan?
0: No, we did not have. No, that was 2019.
1: oh wow. Damn. Okay.
0: We did not. This was the first year I can remember. Although there may have been one other year where we didn't have Scotty on once.
2: Well, he's too cool for school now. I no, mean, oh, he's
0: not even on in two <laughs> seconds if we ask him. Kidding. the. Um, uh, Christina was on twice last year. Yes, she is. Yeah, Zach yeah. was on twice last year. Caleb was on twice last year. And shattering any prior record of being on in the same time this year, Mr. Fleece, a.k.a. our fourth stand-in, our Joan Rivers, he was on the show five times last year.
2: Well, that's because Tony's awesome. I'm not saying he isn't. I know. Saying,
0: you know. You know what all these years we've been doing this, no one's come close to that. To you me.
2: know what uh, we right? should do? We should make it a point to have someone on at least once a month. Now, whether it's oh, Tony and – well, I know – well, a concerted effort, whether it's Tony and or another comics professional and one of our buds. We should really try and spread the love around.
0: Well, I mean, I considering that we had 17 distinct people and 17, 18, 19, 23, and we had 20. So we had 24 total appearances. Mm-hmm. Now, a couple of them overlapped. We had a guest on roughly every... Th- three and a half episodes. Nice.
2: The, so. the bad idea guys kind of skew the curve a little bit, but
0: yeah, a little bit, but there was an episode with, um, with, um, both Sholey and, uh, Esmond. Yes. There was an episode with Mario and Zach. I wasn't on. Uh, obviously Allison, uh, Matthew Allison and Pitzer were on together. Right. So there was some overlap. Um, any guess as to how many episodes we did last year?
2: Let's see. 68.
1: That? Uh, this is probably looking at the... Uh... No,
2: I'm not. Oh, okay. I don't, um, I don't cheat chronograph. I mean, you didn't have to be
1: cheat. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I'm,
2: I'm probably I don't that much thought.
1: Yeah, I'm probably no, low. I so if you just go higher yeah, than me, you're no, gonna I win. Gonna say, I, was, I, was, I was gonna say 72, just to, but I doubt it. it. It's 20 more than there's only 52 weeks in a year, so 72.
0: Well, um, that would 72 is technically what we should have done because six we were supposed to do six a month. Yeah, we fell a bit short of that. We did 70 episodes last year. It's pretty good. Yeah, Five point eight three episodes a month. That of course included episode seven hundred. That was our anniversary episode. Um, now, if you're a patron of uh, the the majority of our patrons, so the, the the tiers that most of our patrons are in and above uh, received twelve bonus episodes of our yeah. B cuts, our before and afters, which they seem to adore. Now, don't um, undersell it.
2: Twelve more
0: four-plus hour episodes. No, that's what I was going to say. So, yeah. so, so technically speaking, if we're going to play semantics, we did eighty-two episodes last year, and well north of like two hundred and thirty hours of content, which is absurd. So, definitely produce the content. That's good. Um, we obviously twelve of those episodes were books of the month. We had a incredibly DC heavy book of book of the month tilt this year. Blame Five them. of our twelve are DC. Mm. Batwoman, Booster Gold, JLA Earth 2, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, and The Authority. Wow. Yeah. Only two Marvel last year. Black Panther and Ecstatics. One image, which has got to be a record. That's, that's all time low. Bitter Root. And then we had a Rebellion, Rise and Fall of Dragon Empire. Uh-huh. Uh, Fantagraphics, Troublemakers, Dark Horse, Milk and Cheese, Dairy Products Gone Bad, and then 2000 AD with Judge J- Dr- Judge Dredd Complete Case Files Volume Five. Nice.
1: Well, two of us were volume five. Yeah. I know, I know. What a- <laughs> wow, he just <laughs> he just does not let you go. <laughs>
2: That's the best. I love it. We also that.
0: had some special episodes thrown in there. Uh we had Favorite Comics of the Decade, hmm. which we started with. That was the first episode of La- of of twenty twenty. Um we had an uh, episode where we talked about beloved memories in comics. Tony joined us for that, by the way. Uh, we had an episode uh, focused on the direct market, which Christina joined us for. We we brought back the fanzine flashback. Nice. We did each chosen issue of Comics Interview. We did essentially a book-of-the-month-level deep dive on Creepshow with the Ad House crew. Yeah, that was great. We... Did a almost there was a few other things thrown in, but the most of the discussion on an episode was our views on separating art from art from the artist. If we can, if we can't, when we do, when we don't. Uh, we had a very popular and well received episode focusing on the Else Worlds, another DC centric. And then we had an episode that was devoted to love at first sight creators, like the creators whose the first work we saw made us fall in love with them forever. Yeah. So. Well, um,
2: the world uh spiraled down the drain a little bit in 2020, but yeah. we uh, I'd like to think that we stemmed a little bit of that doom and gloom mm-hmm. by I mean, the, the point is to be there for people, right? And so, yeah, you know, if I had my druthers, we do it twice a week, but I know. There, there are extenuating circumstances like jobs and family and all that other stuff. You know. So, uh, but I, you know what? I think we do a uh, not to pat, break my arm, pat myself on the back or uh, ourselves on the back. But we have, when you really think about it, we have not missed a week in twelve years, or is it thirteen years?
0: Well, it's it's a little more than twelve. It's right in our 13th year
2: so this is our 13th year of producing at least one episode a week without fail that Mm -hmm. i haven't done aside from my marriage i haven't done anything consistent well no i can't say that (laughs) because i was at my previous job for 23 years so two things in my life aside i haven't done anything consistently for 13 years
0: no it's very true yeah it's very true yeah no absolutely um so, yeah, I mean, it was it was, it was was a good year. And, you know, I, I think, aside from the pandemic, which made it feel weird because it was weird, I think for me, one of the reasons that I feel like 2020 was bizarre, comics-wise, is because I've just never... For me, Marvel was patient zero. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be a comic book nerd. I wouldn't have tens of thousands of comics. I wouldn't collect original art. I wouldn't be on the show. I wouldn't know you guys if it wasn't for, like... Marvel being embedded in my genetic code and through no surprise to anyone's current on the show, I have never been less interested in Marvel. Now, again, there are things that I'm enjoying your mortal Hulk, a bunch of the X books. It's not like I'm devoid of enjoying Marvel, but, but it does feel weird to me. Cause I think when I look at most years, Marvel, it may not, they, they rarely have been my favorite publisher in our costers, but they're, I'm always reading a ton of Marvel, and and this year I wasn't, and I think that definitely also makes me feel a little un, like hinged to the way I would normally view a comics year, because it was I didn't have my safety blanket, you know, like the comfy blanket of oh let me just read some catch up on some of these Marvel books, which are because I love the characters going to be good enough, you know, I di- I didn't have that this year, but but by my own choice, but. But I'm not saying I regret the choice. I'm saying, but it it is definitely part of why I think I'm viewing 2020 as such a bizarre year.
2: Yeah. Well, Marvel hasn't been my main dish for a long time. Sure. But I got to admit this, you know, the past year, they've served up some really tasty side dishes. Like Immortal Hulk seems to be still kicking uh, for however many issues we have left. I really enjoyed the the Jason Aaron Mahmoud Azrar Conan. That was Definitely. phenomenal. Uh, yep. You know, I, I know you guys didn't read it, but uh, Marnaeus Kalgar, the Warhammer 40k book, was great. Right. Yeah, it's, it was wonderful. There, Marvel still has things that compel me to check out their, their books. But more often, like yourself, more often than not, they have been pushing me away with increased frequency um the the King and Black thing is not going to get me to read your books it's just it's too widespread and too deep uh, there's no way i'm going to read it um y- you know the the um i may visit um swords of X or swords of ten whatever the hell uh ten of swords um ten of swords, yeah. ten of swords. uh tarot i get it i uh, I may read that when it it comes out in collected edition if it's not on already. Uh, but by and large, I, you know, I, I'm a casual observer into Marvel now. Where when David and I were doing the Bullpen Bulletins, and and for many many years before, Marvel was the a, a, a large part of my comics diet. For sure. And yeah, they haven't been in a long, long, long time.
1: Yep, I, I, I I'm down to. Black, I, I get Black Panther from DCBS when, when when it's solicited, and um, I'm I I get current on Marvel digitally thanks to folks like John Wimmer and and it but you um, most of the Marvel I get is at the shop, and that's where I'll get the Miles and I'll get the Captain Marvel and the Miss Marvel and things like that. But for the most part, um, yeah, there there's very little marvel on 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 my pull list even and, and even the dc singles there's not i'm not i'm, I'm not getting the batman stuff i mean that's just unwieldy but there's there there's i kind of just stay in my lane I, I i like what i like i mean i'll i'll go to the shop and i'll look through something and and if something catches my eye i'll give it a shot but um like last got I flipped through and then Vince talked about it and then other people on the Slack were talking about it, so I went back and got it and and um, and that's been a hell of a ride. But that's wouldn't necessarily be something that I would have gone out of my way to look for. So I um I it's weird. I should give I should take a chance on singles because it's cost effective, but I tend to take my chances on OGNs or collections and I haven't that for whatever reason that way of thinking kind of hasn't let me down the, this year I got a ton I have more OGNs than I, I get in most years and I've pretty much enjoyed everything I've read
2: you know because you're a grown ass man I guess that
1: could be it too and yeah and buying guess I'm sitting here with my wine and my pinky but yeah. no buying your
2: um, entertainment in slices is not as attractive as buying it in huge chunks.
1: Uh, okay, I. Yes, to, for some things, I, I absolutely agree with you. There, I, it, there, there are, there are some things where, I would rather read it, uh. As a more adult, package, but um, but no, part of me still enjoys i i was just talking about it with with the legion i wouldn't have i i wouldn't have wanted to read this in 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 two or, or three book chunks I'm, I'm i'm glad i'm reading it as it's coming out there are I, I i still get a kick out of going to the shop out of coming home with, with single issues i do there are some things there are some books and you know even even if they're just by our friends um, I mean, Middle West is great, and it looks fantastic, and Scotty wrote a hell of a story, and, you know. But I'm glad I have those 18 issues. Uh, same thing with I Hate Fairland. There's some books where uh, I'll, I'll get because our friends have created them, and I want to support them, so those I'll buy in the single issues. And I, part of me still likes having short boxes and going. I mean, we go to cons and we go through the long boxes, and we and we, and we come home with single issues. And there's still whether that's Rekindling something from from days gone by, or you're trying to fill a run, or you you just want to read something because then you can either go ahead and 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 pay it forward by giving it away. Whatever the reason is, I still, as as silly as it is, as as maybe outdated it is, I still enjoy the monthly issue aspect of 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 the comic books I get. I'm not every comic doesn't need to be a single issue. There's no doubt about that. Right, but the books I do get. I enjoy getting them in this English.
2: I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh with the rekindling those old days. Because go, going to the comic shop once a week, that's a self-imposed reality, like Wanda. That that it, that's that's not real. You know right. that that's you're trying to recapture the days of you know all of the, the our our days when we had this the, the golden age when when comics were relatively inexpensive we can go once a week and bring home a huge stack and and just we had the time to devour them and we didn't have the 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 you know the the obligations of family and children and jobs and well not not you know super jobs uh but yeah i think i think that's just trying to tap into something that that's bygone you know the i don't know i I don't want to be like a, a wet blanket but do we need to go to the shop every week? No. Do we want to? Yeah. Oh right? yeah, we definitely yeah. Want to. I mean, it's fun, right? You go and you shoot the shit, and you spend some time, and you talk with people you like, and it's I mean, about I about, about without
1: having a shop.
2: Yeah, I, I would have to wait for my books from DCBS. I even enjoy going to Dave's every once in a while, talking to Dave and Matt and uh, comics on the green, uh, just to you know uh, maintain the connection to these people that I I like and respect so much, but yeah i i i don't know i don't know i i think episodic um narratives are it's a hard sell man i mean even stephen king couldn't do it the green mile they 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 sold enough because it was stephen king but after that experiment he's just like nah i'm just gonna keep writing my books you know here's the whole thing I I don't know I whatever I don't even, I don't want to be that guy. Let's just, let's just talk about something else. I don't even
1: well, I, you know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I just get off my lawn. Grumble the, grumble grumble. You fuckers. Yeah, since since we um we're talking about TV shows, I figure I'll 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 say it here because I don't know. Well, the, I definitely won't get a chance to later this month. By then it'll be old news. I I don't I. Not sure when you guys, you well, the listeners, yes, but, but specifically Jason and Vince, I'm not sure when you two will get around to watching the third season of Star Trek Discovery. But I finished it over the weekend, finally, because I was waiting to actually sit down and watch it um, in chunks, and it is, I think... Well, it's it's absolutely my favorite season of the series, and I love the first season. It's my favorite season of the series, and I think it's—I would say it's the best season of the series to date. Um, <laughs> as I'm as I'm watching it, and there might be some spoilers here and there, but as I, as I'm watching this season, as, as I'm watching it play out, and we get to the the season finale, I I find myself I found myself. Smiling a lot. The, there are moments in episodes that made me feel like I was watching older episodes of Star Trek. There were things that happened that I i practically jumped off the couch in full Leo mode and pointing at it, going, Yes. I mean, I was just there. There, there were things that happened that, um, whereas the first season introduce characters like Harry Mudd who you knew from the original series but now you're seeing him before Kirk and crew meet him uh everything that happened in the first two seasons was of course a few years before Kirk became captain of the Enterprise so it was all dealing in the past and things that you know section 31 and little things that they were playing with that you know older viewers people that watched the earlier the other series those was eggs and they're aha and I know what they're doing and I get that and I know where they're going with that and, and that's cool. But now they are in the year thirty-one eighty eight. And they are clearly and and it is so far beyond anything any Star Trek series has experienced or or has given us or has shown us and it is truly now they are in uncharted waters completely um well, they are fish out of water because there basically is no federation when they get into the future, um, because of an event called the Burn. And what happened is um, the the Burn happened because most of the galaxy's dilithium exploded, and so any starships that were using dilithium crystals. Uh, we're all just stranded. So, so the Federation is splintered. There, there are, there are worlds, there are galaxies that nobody can communicate. Nobody can get to each other. So, there's basically no Federation of planets anymore. Um, there, the season was kind of trying to piece that together, but but there were the 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 things that happened with the. This is the most exciting and hands-on crew i think i the members of, of deep space nine yes they were they were active and they could you know fight their way out of things but it's not you know you didn't see in later years you didn't see uh the the original enterprise crew you didn't uh, Picard could handle himself but you know you didn't really see him getting his knuckles dirty all that often and uh this crew because it's mostly Younger, uh, younger crew members—they—they um, they have no problem uh, picking up a weapon or, or, or fighting back when they need to. Um, there were just there, there's one one episode in particular that absolutely blew me the hell away, and it has to deal with um, with with Philippa and her relationship because she's she's from the mirror universe and her relationship with michael uh and 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 philippa is dying because apparently and what's cool is there is a there's a starfleet um i don't know if he's a science officer but but there's a member of starfleet that it it, it, fucking david cronenberg is on the show and he um he's explaining that there were because it's been 900 years like we missed. We have. We never saw. There's been a whole temporal war thing going on, and and with, with the Federation, and um, and apparently, when your molecules, her, Philippa's molecules are like tearing themselves apart because she's the, the the mirror universe and the prime universe have been drifting further further apart. Um, so, Philippa's body wants to go back to her universe and, and her body's tearing itself apart. Um, so not only is it trying to get back to her universe, it's also trying to get back to her time. And and apparently the science in, in this, in Star Trek is what they're trying to say is that, you know, your, your molecules like to hang out where they were created. And um, the further you are away from that source, that point of origin, um, that can really, wreak havoc with your body but there were um there were just so many things that happened Uh, the the characters that were introduced the the um seeing how what we know about star trek even up to voyager um knowing that so much has happened and 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 where star trek is kind of the ideal. It's kind of uh, when, when we were watching it growing up, that's kind of the world you would hope that we'd eventually have for, you know, people just not even tolerate, but I mean, you know, people can, everybody gets along, you know, there's no, there's, there's, there's no race wars. There's no, there's no worry about money. There's no, you know, it, it, it's just, it's, it's almost like a utopia. It's kind of like what you would like it to be. Um, and seeing, what's left of the Federation as the season plays out. All of that just reminded me about what I really like about Star Trek. But I think, you know, with, with, with the way the fact that they're now in the future, no idea what's going to happen. Um, they're not playing fast and loose or not, or they're not trying to be funny with the past because we know how things shake, shake out. Um, they're not confined to well, we can only go so far with these characters or with this setting, because we know what's going to happen in a few years when Kirk comes. So they got rid of that. They lost that baggage and now they can move forward. And I, I am so excited to see where it's going, but I absolutely love if, if you didn't watch any of first two seasons, if if you're behind, I would, I think there are some moments where they kind of mention things that happened previously, but for the most part, um, because they're not lost, but because they're they're trying to get their bearings. Because this crew, because the Discovery crew, is trying to figure out the way of this world, or this universe, or this time. Um, I think it's a great jumping on point for anybody who just wants to check it out. Because you'll you're not going to be lost, but you're as lost as they are. And I think that's that was just so much fun. I mean, it's great when you've been watching from the beginning, but this season is just. Blown me away. I could not be happier with with uh, with how the season played out. Nice.
0: I um, I have CBS All Access currently because of the stand. Oh right. And my plan was before we forego CBS All Access, I was going to watch Discovery. So
1: nice.
2: I've watched the first three episodes of season one and haven't seen oh. a, seen anything else
1: season 1 was great I, I, I love the way that played out season 2 was good uh, but yeah uh, it, it, this season blows them away nice
2: alright you yahoos thank you for being here with us once again if you would uh, be so kind check out our sponsor because they got the stuff you want at the m- price you want to pay uh, from no oh, boy From Aftershock, whoop whoop, it is Tim Seeley and Freddie Williams II on Bequest Number 1. A new fantasy series that will cost you $2.49 for the first issue. That's 50% off. From Image, Ultra Mega by James Heron. A whopping $7.99 cover price. Uh Uh-uh, you're laughing. You're crying. You're laughing so hard because you're only going to pay $3.99. Again, half off and... You know, bring it up the rear, but longest title in the bunch, so that says something. From Seven Seas Super Sentai Himitsu Sentai Gorenger Classic Collection Hardcover by Shotaro Ishinomori. It is a twenty-four ninety-nine book. Uh book, but Super Smart You, you're only going to pay $17.49. That is 30% off. DCBService.com. Ah. Uh, when jason read that i was going to be bringing this to the table uh especially today he said "Mm, i don't know maybe that will be interpreted as being a little bit insensitive what with you know what today is and i i maybe i understand but i don't agree because i think um this story plays into a lot of the things that um martin luther king deemed uh crucial uh in the lives of the uh to the existences the people he chose to uh to um help uh i read django unchained i know it's it's a sticky wicket right it could be interpreted a lot of different ways, but I think um, uh, I see it as an uplifting story of a man who overcomes every obstacle thrown at him, um, not only from the, the racist fuckers that tried to keep him down, but his own people as well who, ch- who tried to, to, to kneecap him and, and keep him from succeeding. I think it's a story of triumph, and, and I love it, but this is the vertigo miniseries which was seven issues written by Reggie, Reginald Hudlin with art by R. M. Guerra, Jason Latour, Dennis Cowan, Daniel Zellas, and John Floyd with colors by Giula Brusco and Jose Villarubia. Why should you read this as opposed to watching the, the film? Well, if you know anything about Tarantino, you know he writes um wide. Uh he writes long. He writes far more uh, than what actually appears in his, his films. He cuts a lot of shit out because running time, right, uh, his his films would be extremely long. And while he did break up Kill Bill into two chunks, more often than not, the average movie gore is not going to go to a four-hour-plus movie. It's not happening. People don't have that attention span. So, what this Django Unchained miniseries does is It presents the script as originally intended by Mr. Tarantino, meaning there are scenes in this sequential uh, adaptation that do not appear in the movie. For example, uh, there's an extended sequence illustrated by the awesome Jason Latour that details just how Broomhilda landed in the clutches of one Calvin Candy. I don't think it's explored to the degree in the film that it is in this um comic series. Uh there are other there there's um sequences with uh King are You guys still there? Cuz I don't hear yep. anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah, it got real silent, so I thought yep. it, you got cut off. There are sequences in here with uh Dr. King uh teaching Django The ways of the bounty hunter and how to think and how to act and act meaning how to pretend you're someone other than yourself like there there are many instances in the narrative where king specifically tells django this is who we are pretending to be this is not us so i want you to go in there and pretend you have zero connection to these slaves and you are totally unconcerned with the the their plight and obviously that's not the case it's not the truth but we are we're acting in order to achieve our goal and uh i i i just think this series is incredible it's it's uh i didn't buy it when i first came out uh but the as i said the, the level of visuals is on a uh a, a par with very very few books so you got Guerra who just killed on scalped and twists your head around in in this Django. Um Jason Latour, I think, does unbelievable work on this book. And then you have Dennis Collin, who is should be a household name. And he is perfect for this book. Like I I love every page of this thing. Um is it brutal? Yeah. Is it is it um I think it'll be a hard sell with a lot of people because there are words that are thrown around in this book, much like the film, that may make some well, most people a little you know, uncomfortable. But it is the reality of this this time period, right? Mm-hmm. I don't ever I mean we've gone into this before. I don't use the word, but reading it in context with a certain time period it, it, it is the way they spoke, right? People were very unconcerned with with the feelings or or, or the emotional well being of of people of color, right? They would throw this word around without any, a second thought. And That's just how it was. Was it right? Of course, it wasn't right. But this is a period piece, and so you know the 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 dialogue is very very authentic. Let's just put it that way. Um, uh, yeah uh as far as a, a glimpse beyond the narrative of the film narrative narrative of the movie i think it's it's a very important series uh because it it just fleshes out even more what Tarantino and company brought to the screen and uh i think it it needs to be read because uh maybe your your lethargic lazy complacent asses will learn something from this book uh, those who do not heed the uh, uh, pitfalls of history are doomed to repeat them. So, somebody who uh, is um, uh, ignorant to the, the the plight of people of color should really read this this book because maybe it'll it'll show you something and and guide you on a better path. Django Unchained, uh, it's wonderful. I don't mean uplifting, wonderful. It's wonderful. It's just extremely well done, um, period
0: piece. Okay. Yeah, I enjoyed enjoy it. I, I read it when it was coming out because I was a big fan of Tarantino and a fan of Guerra, so I yeah, I remember liking it. I,
2: I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. stressed the importance of education. But not only education, but education mixed with character, uh, and, and that's what I think is, is evident in this book. Like, Dr. King teaches Django a whole bunch of stuff that was far beyond his reach as a slave. And did Django have the mental capacity, uh, to, uh, absorb this information? Like, more than av- the average person? Sure. But it's, it's that knowledge mixed with the the fortitude the 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 character fortitude that he had that i think makes Django a very um he's a character to root for right you you want to see him come out on top and that's exactly what happens right sure he goes through a lot of shit during the course of the the story but you know that only makes it more rewarding in in the outcome i dig Uh, it yeah but I mean, I did hesitate because Jason did point out that yo, know, you know, with today being what it is, uh, maybe it's not a, the best idea. But I, I bring it to the table with total um, honesty. I just think it's a, it's it's a wonderful story of a, of a man who who succeeds despite the the uh, limitations of imposed upon people of his color.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, it was written by Reggie Hudland. Yeah. Who is a who is himself is a black man and and a, a director of, you know, a movie director himself. So I. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and I listen, I, you know, I wasn't sure you were going to m- mention all of this on the show, but OK, you have. Uh, I I I love the film. I mean, I I think it's a great film. I, and I as I told you today, I I don't I don't personally think that it is like a racially offensive film, but. I'm also a white dude who loves Tarantino, so like that being said, when the film came out, I definitely did a lot of reading as to what was the interpretation of the film and it runs the gamut. I mean lots of people of color, entertainers of color, directors, writers, critics are complimentary of the film and have no issue with it. Um some do. And it's no different really than um well, it may be different, it, but it it is a similar argument to what some people feel about using of things like the N word just generally, right? Like people of color use it all the time with each other, and for for many, they it's viewed as as, uh, as retaking the word, you know, as as owning the word. For others, sure. like like Tanya Hisacotes, he he's against it. He thinks it's if he had his druthers, no one would use it, including uh, black men and women. But but. My point is, I have no like. I didn't bring it up, meaning like I thought, but I just thought, well, I don't know if some might think, oh, you're talking about Django on Martin Luther King. I, I have no issue with it because I agree. I think, I think certainly intent matters. I would hope with these things, and and Tarantino certainly had no intent of being racially insensitive or offensive. Obviously, Leo DiCaprio and Sam Jackson and. Uh, everyone else in the cast also didn't, so I, I, I have no issue with it, but you know, just wanted to I wanted to preempt it to make sure in case but you've, you're, I think you've, you've acquitted yourself well. <laughs>
2: um, a, as a white guy, I find the film and the the comic series a triumph of the, the human spirit. Regardless of what color Django is, I think he, he conquers Every obstacle thrown in his way, um, he perseveres, and that's that's a, a story I can I can get
1: behind. Yeah. In your travels, um, I was also catching up on the very well made Scotty Young, Umberto Ramos. Edgar Delgado, Strange Academy from oh, Marvel. You? Um, and it is the the, the current arc uh, is I, I need to find out what the hell is going to happen. Um, this is still as, as we talked about when the first issue came out. Um, the that Strange has opened a school down in New Orleans uh, and the, the faculty consists of Ileana and Jericho Drum, uh, Damon Hellstrom, and other magical or mystical Marvel characters you're familiar with. The students uh, are all from the far corners of the Marvel Universe. Uh, there's Emily, there's Doyle, Dormemo, there's Shaylee, there's Alvi and Eric, they're from Asgard, uh, there's Desi, Zoe, Toth from Real, Weird World, uh, Gus. Jermaine and Calvin and every character, every student, uh, not only looks different, but they all behave differently. Nobody is sharing the other's voice. Even, even the, the, the brothers from Asgard, um, personality wise are very different. The, I, yeah, I, I think it's, it's fantastic story. I love the idea of it. Um, but the, yeah, and, and, and surprisingly, comic with a bunch of kids nobody annoys me and everybody is um I, I i it's it's different than deadly class obviously but there's just there are moments where um you you see the the clicks form you see you, who students kind of who kind of hang out together there's a little bit of tension between a couple and 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 doyle's got a crush on um on emily and i i th- I, I hope that um I, mean, I I'd love to see it. I don't know. I, I in this day and age I doubt would get it, but I'd love to see the the, the students I'd love to see them grow. I, I want to see more of them. I want to be able to um see what happens after after their first semester is, is over. I um and I'd say we won't i just i mean i would like more of this and and uh the way things work in comics someone else may come along this may just be however many issues scotty and umberto were doing but this has been it, it it's been a ride it's been great um there are some hints of of uh possibly some things to come uh with our students and how how, how that may turn out for them but but the school itself is great there's a um the 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 sixth issue the way it ends um Stephen comes to the rescue um because one of the students is gravely injured I'm gonna leave it at that um and uh Humberto, when he shows all the students everybody's face and when they find this out um it's fantastic it's a great full full page but uh the cover of the seventh issue kind of it's 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 a weird situation for Stephen strange to to kind of be in it. i think i i, I love that um love that idea but it's been it's it's been a hell of a lot of fun it's like i said it it, it looks amazing um i mean i i've got a crush on umberto so this is nothing new but he and and even though Gato's colors they're they're a little um they're not muted. They're maybe just a little bit more subdued almost uh, in some sense, in, in some cases it almost looks like colored pencil. It just, it, it's not as, um, as, as, as bright or as dark or as, as, as flat maybe as like some of the Spider-Man work that, uh, Umberto has done over the years. It, it's, it's very fitting. It, it, it gives it a very atmospheric vibe. It, it, it works in this setting. I think it's a overall, I, I really like the package on, um, monstrate academy the issues have been fantastic um they they don't read fast but when i get to the end of an issue i, I kind of wish i still had more um but it's been a blast so yeah in your travels if i i know the um i know the first i think it's the small graphic novel trade format that they've been doing with some of the other old ages books but i think uh i think the first collection with the first six or date issue I, I think it's been solicited um I'm waiting for the seventh issue, but uh it's been um it's been a blast. So in your travels, give yourself Strange Academy.
0: Respect. Just in time for us to get Scotty back on the show. There we go. Um in your travels, they take you to a new place. Just like Star Trek Discovery went to places heretofore unknown in that universe in the Roddenberry verse. I'm taking you all to a place that we have never mentioned before in the EOC-verse. And that is Tapas, as in the Spanish side plates. Tapas.io is a website. There is an app, which is the more popular way to access it, T-A-P-A-S. If you're wondering what it is, it is the Upstart Web Comics app and community. I say Upstart because, as I understand it, it's... Significantly smaller in scale at present than Line Webtoons, which is the global juggernaut of web comics, and we have talked about that before. Uh, Tapas is younger, less of a fully formed community, but gaining, gaining ground. It's getting a lot of momentum. Uh, it's it's building a nice network effect, and those who are um, web comic creators and or big time fans of that portion of the medium. <laughs> Have been singing its praises a lot lately. So I was curious about it, and a few people recommended to me a comic that's on Tapas called Fangs, all caps, F A N G S, uh, written and drawn by Sarah Anderson. And there have been 78 um, episodes, they call them, to date. Basically, an episode is is a, a strip, so it could be anything from one panel to let's say six panels, like six grids. But it's just one anecdote per diem. Um, she started the story back in on Halloween of two thousand nineteen, but the vast preponderance of the series happened in twenty twenty. It um, it it ended in July. Um, Although I believe, I hope, I haven't confirmed this, but I hope it's just end of season one. And then they've subsequently put out a, a hardcover um, collecting the whole thing uh, in September. You can get it at uh, all the places you might be want to get hardcover comic collections. I just placed my order on Amazon for it uh, this weekend uh, after reading the series. But um, to the point, I, I read the entire thing. I read all 78 chapters this weekend and loved it. It's um, it's a romance comic. So Vince, you can turn your ears off. Dap, you can tune in. Dap, nice. you would love this. You would absolutely adore this. Vince, I think this would make your eyes bleed. Um, it's a very simple illustration. <laughs> Essentially, it's a story of a budding romance between um, a uh, young woman who is she's got a 25-year-old corpus, but she is a 300-plus-year-old vampire and her new her new boyfriend who is a a werewolf and it's just a romance comic really well done and executed little anecdotes and um, about the quirkiness of each other being creatures of the night. And um, I sent Vince a few images that hopefully he can put up in the image gallery, but it's just cute and clever and you believe that they're really into each other and it's modern and it just made me laugh out loud a bunch of times um, I just thought it was terrific, and it's a quick read, so if you have any kind of a soul or a heart and you occasionally like to read something romantic, this is a perfect little um, step aside for that. Like I said, I read the whole thing basically in one sitting. It's it, maybe two sittings, but it, it, it's a very quick read because, again, most of these are one or two, two panel stories. Um, and it was great, so I hope we get more of it. Um, even if we don't Sarah Anderson is now squarely in my line of sight for whatever she has planned next. I know she's done um, what I understand to be a very popular group of younger reader uh, webcomics called Sarah Scribbles. I, I'm, I have not checked that out yet. I'm not sure it's really meant for me or not. I haven't seen it yet, but I think that's pretty popular too. Uh, in any event, if you are into webcomics, you can go onto the Tapas app and just search for Fangs. Or you can go to io slash series slash fangs comic uh, Or you can you can get the the hardcover collection edition because I know some of some of you old heads out there just refuse to look at web comics, but if they're put in print, you will gladly gobble them up. So if that's your shtie, then you can get it that way too. But highly, highly recommended for any of you that are into romance comics. Nice.
2: It looks good.
0: Yeah, it does. Oh yeah, d- yeah. I mean I like the art,
2: but Yeah. You
0: know. Yeah, I figured you wouldn't mind the art. It's it's just not your genre. No. no. But
2: mm-hmm.
0: it, it's it's I mean it's it's really funny. Like like it, I mean it's funny cuz it's just simple and dumb. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 it, uh like there's not a lot to it, but it it's it you're like, "Oh yeah, that would be what it'd be like if a vampire was trying to date a werewolf." That's funny, you know. So. Nice just tickled
2: my fancy i'll tickle your damn fancy Ooh, well uh, if you ever see me again it's many years yeah one of these days all right buddy hey um thank you for joining us on this special a bonus episode brought to you by i
1: did the dcps but it should have been the patrons shouldn't it yeah well yep. you know i knew you did but then i was thinking the oclaskers should be brought to us by the listeners
2: Okay, okay, we'll, so we'll switch go, it up then. Service, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: DCBS. Uh,
2: dcbservice.com. Um, if you want more of the 11 o'clock experience, and who the hell doesn't, right? Go to Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, and Instagram. Big presence on all of them socials. Um, if you want even more, you can go to the patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics and fall down the well of comic book goodness because there's a a ton of it on there and we'd love to have you so check that out in the meantime second night i just did michael roll the boat ashore what the frig is happening is happening to me
1: Uh,
2: michael michael drowned in your own vomit uh david
1: Good night.
2: Hallelujah. Michael row the boat ashore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're spent.
2: I am, I'm spent. It's so stupid.
1: It is.
2: (laughs) It is (laughs) ridiculous It's it's ridiculous. Like why would Michael row the boat ashore come to my mind?
0: That is an excellent, excellent question.
2: It is. It's so dumb. Maybe I'm being taken over by...
0: you so stupid.
2: I am stupid. But anyway, this was fun. Uh, we love you. Come back next time. Say night, boys. Do yeah. yeah, boy. Don't forget, next episode, the Gigundo, 11 o'clockers, with special guest. So if you haven't made your list, you're too late. But you can write them down <laughs> on a napkin and, and, you know, play along at home. So... Boy, n- Right. Super. Next next episode. Don't blow your nose in it. Next episode. Eleven o'clockers
1: dun, dun, dun. That's it for that one.